gentlemen, welcome to episode number 76 of the Whatever Show. That used to be a gas station. Yeah, it did, and now well, it's still a gas station. Uh, are they? I, I, I guess they are still, but they're mobile Exxon. They're not point. 76 anymore. Are they really not? Yeah, they're... Do they still the, use the trademark at least? Yeah, they do, but it's mobile Exxon gas. There you go, Whatever Show listeners. The more you know. <laughs> uh, this week we got a lot in store for you. We're going to talk about a whole lot of stuff. But chiefly, primarily even, uh, Justice League. Next week we'll talk about BP. Oh, yeah. Uh, we The British AKA Petroleum Company. British Petroleum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, there's so much depth in there. Uh, but anyway, we're going to talk Justice League this week. We've got a brand new Justice League trailer, which features really, I'd say, most of the league, although one curiously absent member. Well, more than one, depending Not on how curious, much of a comic nerd you are. actually probably going to lend to like my biggest flaw of this whole movie, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Yep, cool. Uh, Marvel, we've got some Fox X-Men series title rumors, and uh, what that's about we'll get into in the show, as the show goes on. Um, cable casting rumors, this is going to be kind of a weird one. I don't think you're going to... I think if you said, uh, we're thinking about casting this guy for Cable, you'd be like, uh, what? We actually have a couple rumors on that, and I'm, I'm not going to put it in the notes just yet, and I'll wait till we get there. Cool. Uh, we've got some Terminator to talk about. We've got a new Russo Brothers project to talk about, which is going to be a lot of fun. And our classic match this evening, Triple H versus uh, Cactus Jack. Royal Rumble 2000. Yeah. It's a brutal fucking match, and we're going to get to that right. We're, we're probably going to talk in depth about Triple H during this, because um, it's kind of what prompted us to watch this match in the first place. Yeah. Night, so. I, I don't know. We, we, I, don't, like, I made some pretty bold statements today via Facebook. Yeah, and I think like you know Triple H versus Stephanie McMahon, it it you know it'd be a hard match, or hard hard line to draw. Which one of them I'd want to screw more? Um. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the show. Um, all right, first of all, we do have as we've kind of started out some shows recently with some downer news. Um, I, I don't know. It seems like that's like now the thing. Like, hey, everybody, ha- have a couple of drinks and then start the whatever show because it'll go over a little bit more palatable. So we've been talking about wrestling quite a bit over the last several months. Um, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about, besides the current pay per views, though, like we we've, we've been doing some retro matches. A lot of those matches were called by a very specific um, announcer, um, Jim Ross. Uh, he posted on Twitter this this past week that his wife had been struck by a vehicle while riding her Vespa um, to the gym. And uh, after hours and hours of surgery, unfortunately, uh, Jan Ross passed away uh, a couple days ago um, under doctor's care. Kind of brutal because um, we're used to seeing Jim Ross or hearing Jim Ross more more. Um, more than seeing him as being that like southern wrestling announcer and just being over the top and 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 doing his job better than anybody I think in the recent past has ever done it. Um, so it's kind of sad to see him post on Twitter about how much his wife meant to him and and losing her and 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 everything that's kind of gone along with it. Um, positive note: she was an organ donor. Um, which is the link that we actually put up. Um, her her lungs, kidneys, and liver have actually already gone uh, to to recipients on waiting lists for organs and stuff like that. And it's I don't know. Um, not to get too preachy, but like if 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 you're not scared of what what it means in the afterlife, be an organ donor. Like, there's no reason not to really. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back. Um, 
so I posted this link for a couple of, of reasons. Number one, a, a, absolute tragedy. I, I feel terribly for Jim Ross. Uh, you know, this is there's a couple of thoughts I had about this today as as um, you know I was getting ready for the show. Uh, number one is I'm really sad that. Um, uh, this is more i'm making this more about jim which i guess is the only thing you can do like he's he's the one that that's still around that you feel sorry for he's but the also one because, feeling pain at this point yeah but also because let's face it like he's the guy i know and, yeah. and when i say no i mean i just listening to hours and hours and hours of him on commentary and the various projects that he's done since and you know talking on podcasts and what have you uh, number two i put this particular link in here uh partly because I forgot to do it earlier. I meant to mention something like this in the show because I at least nothing, if nothing else, wanted to you know give condolences to Jim Ross uh, and his family in in you know this you know really sad time. But also because um, I, I was very happy to see that Jan's an organ donor. Like, you, don't get me wrong. Like, uh, you may have a belief in and whatever about your you know organs and stuff like that. But my particular belief is like when you go that you're not using the organs anymore and you can't really take them with you. Uh, it doesn't seem yeah. like you can take them with you. So um, you can save a lot of lives. Um, I mean, by save for our livers. There's yeah. there's probably plenty you can do with the rest of our organs. Like if any yeah. night, if there was a horrible whatever tragedy and, and, and both of us were lost, like you, you probably do quite a bit with, with what we got left. Yeah. No, no, definitely. I, I feel like livers. Stay like, away from the liver. You got I mean, zero percentage of chance of livers. But like if you need a new dick, like 100 feet of it between the two of us. Right. Easily. Yeah. Easily. No, I mean, we talked about this earlier, and like, really, Mick Jagger's probably the only one that could make use of our livers at this point. Yeah, he's like, and it well, would take both of them. It's an upgrade, you know? Yeah. It's an upgrade. Um, but, I so, mean, seri- on a serious note, like, um, Eddie's only recently got back into watching professional wrestling. Um, and, and when he watched it in the past, Jim Ross was the voice of the WWF slash E at the time. Without question. Like, and when I was watching it, uh, Jim Ross was the fixture, I-, I think in wrestling. And, uh, towards the end of my tenure, I think is when he started to get out uh, a little bit, probably a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> it was really notably absent. Like, don't get me wrong. I think Michael Cole was a pretty acceptable replacement, uh, and I, I really like him on commentary these days, especially uh, especially compared to some of the other commentators they have. But um, it still feels a little bit wrong, uh, and I feel like the the show would be a lot better if they got Jim back. You know, there's there's something missing. Oh, yeah, and, a know, little bit, at um, least commentary wise. And um, and that's no offense to the guys that are doing it now. I mean, there's guys well, on SmackDown. Tomorrow, Ranello on SmackDown is doing a fantastic job. Um, you know, Michael Cole does all right, and I really am digging uh, Corey Graves. Uh, yeah, Corey is, Graves is, is pretty for good. For being a color commentator, like Corey Graves is is, is amazing. Um, but JR was the voice of an entire generation of the WWE. Oh, for sure. Um, and, and, and a little bit more. But uh it it this is this is a hard thing for me, probably more than a lot of just casual wrestling fans, because not only is JR the voice of, of the WWE slash F um that, that I grew up uh it through my my late teens early 20s watching um but he's also got a podcast that he started a few years ago and i listen to it pretty regularly i've gotten i i or at least i feel like i've gotten to to kind of know jim ross as a person outside of wrestling and and his thoughts and opinions and whatnot and uh he's he's talked about in the past how um rick flair is the one who introduced him to his wife and you know she's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and that's that's kind of why he leans that direction is because of of his wife. And 
it makes it that much harder that like this guy that I feel like I know already has kind of had to go through this, this, this horrible thing. I can't imagine what it'd be like to lose my wife. Um, and, and for him to, to be out there and being vocal about what's going on and, and keeping a, a fan base that he owes nothing to apprised of the situation as, as, as it's occurring is, is, is pretty commendable, uh, on his part. And then, and then even today he announced that, WrestleMania week was one of Jan's favorite times of the year and that he plans on keeping his obligations that he had in Orlando leading up to WrestleMania this next week. And, and that's, I, I don't know, man, I don't know if I could do it if I was in his position, but, but I commend him for being out there and, and being willing to at least try. Yeah. We were talking about this before the show, but that's, you know, it's a funny thing about grief. I think some people will see that news and be, have the cynical take on it, which is like, Oh, you know, it's, it, you know, whatever he's still doing the show it must not be that big a deal but um like i said that's a cynical take like for me um i think i'm the type of person that would rather have the distraction like i don't know that i'd be able to go out and do like that sort of public appearance sort of shit like that um but i think i'd want to have some normalcy uh uh, in my life and so either way i commend him for you know doing what he's doing and and I don't know. There's not really a whole lot less more to talk about this. I just want to say, you know, uh, thank you, you know, to Jan for being an organ donor, because uh, even though uh, tragically she lost her life this week, um, she's helping other people keep theirs. Uh, that's amazing. And, you know, my condolences to Jim, because uh, obviously this is a big deal for him. And, uh, you know, there's not really anything I can do. And it's not like he's going to know me or listen to this, but uh, he's he's been a big part of the WWE and, and thus, uh, you know, a, a, not a gigantic part, but a big part of my life, too. Uh, and I just I feel bad for the guy. Yeah. Um. On that, in 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 keeping with that sentiment, uh, Jim, if if you ever were listening, um, it, commentary means everything when you're watching uh professional wrestling. Like it's not. I mean, we know it's a work, but like what you guys at the commentary table do is you bring it into our living rooms and you you give it life. Like oh, even if we know dude, what's going on, just watch a match on mute and see how much difference that makes. Uh, there's very few matches that I can think of that you can watch with the sound turned down that 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 are as impactful um, without somebody like guiding you through the journey and 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 helping tell the story that they're telling in the ring because that's yeah. what it is. It's a story, and it it's 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 one thing when you've got two guys that are capable of telling that story in a decent fashion. It's another thing altogether when you've got another guy sitting at ringside who can guide you through that story and really like given the tone um, of his or her voice, like really just like cast that narrative over the entire thing. So yeah. um, thank you, Jim. And we're sorry that you're going through what you're going through. Uh, but all the kudos in the world to you for, for just picking up and, and moving on. Um, Weird Al, Weird Al is another one of those guys that uh, similar to Jim Ross, like Weird Al lost his parents and, uh, decided he was going to go on tour and and continue his tour even following you know his loss because it was the only way he knew how to deal with grief too and i kind of feel like that's where jim's coming from as well yeah so he's he doesn't seem like the kind of guy that's ever just been content to sit on his laurels and and just be who he is like he's he's still making a name for himself all right we are getting way too fucking deep in the whatever show let's let's move on (laughs) to some more fun stuff like let's go be nerdy now um all right so uh yeah, I'm 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 really sorry, but what we got to get back to it, it is what it is. Yeah, 
there's nothing we can do about it. And, uh, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I like to make dumb jokes and, and move on with my grief. So uh, let's talk Justice League. Uh, yeah. So new trailer this week. New. The, yeah. The, this is called Trailer 2, but it's kind of really the first trailer. No, I think. it's not. It's not. The, the, there was the, the Aquaman second. trailer that, that, I mean, really only dealt with Aquaman before, but it's still Justice League trailer. Well, even that's not true. There there was just not as much Cyborg and Wonder Woman in that. Like, even, I, I think true. they introduced was There was, there was a bit Allen. of Flash. Yeah, there was a bit yeah. of Flash. Um, this trailer, though, kind of has it all. Um, all except for one one and we'll talk about that when we get there um so we're not going to break this trailer down like second for second but there's there's some things that you notice pretty early on in the trailer number one there's a mother box there is a mother box comic book nerds you know what i'm talking about and i think it's gotta be victor stone's dad right cyborg's dad yeah i think so too that notices the mother box and then you see lurking over his shoulder behind him unbeknownst to him is also a parademon exactly correct as at least as far as i'm concerned so uh we got parademons we got mother boxes matt what does that give us um that gives us the potential for justice league 2 to have dark side as the enemy you don't think we're getting dark side in this one i think we're getting dark side in a post-credit scene in this one no they're not gonna do post-credits yeah it is because steppenwolf is going to be the major the major villain of this one do you think so yeah i do you know, I don't know. Just for for the first Justice League movie, I think they're going to want to go dark side. Uh, I hope they don't. And, and this is the reason why. Zack Snyder is already well known for trying to pack way too much fucking story into a two and a half hour movie. Yeah. Given Batman v Superman. Um, and anybody who doesn't believe me, I dare you to compare the two and a half hour version to the three hour version that's out there. Because the three hour version is going to win every time. Yeah, it is a way better movie, although... Uh, There's still flaws, but... Uh, a better storyteller could, storyteller could have probably done it in, in two hours. Here's why I think we don't get Darkseid in this movie, and why I think it's probably a good decision to have Steppenwolf as as the, the major big bad in this movie, and that is we also have to deal with the resurrection of Clark Kent. <clears throat> yeah. And that's a story in and of, of itself. Um. So you can't have a major story with assembling an ensemble cast and then having Darkseid, who is essentially your big bad of the entire DCU in the first Justice League movie, um, as well as the res- the resurrection of Clark Kent. Like, you can't do it and have it be a cohesive movie. Now, that doesn't mean that Zack won't try. <laughs> um but it means as as a moviegoer and as a comic book fan, like I really hope that's not what we get. I hope we get a movie that centers around one of Darkseid's minions, um, and also deals with with Superman returning. Okay, well, so as it happens, I just went on IMDb looking for the director and spoilers. Skip forward ten seconds if you don't want to hear this, but uh, Steppenwolf definitely has a, a a role to play in this movie. There's a cast that's uh. Kiaren uh, Hines, Hins. I don't fucking know. <clears throat> so that's the thing. Also, uh, what here's the thing that scares me. 
um, doing the Justice League is already kind of difficult because we, unlike Iron Man, or not Iron Man, but unlike the Avengers, we don't have four movies to establish our main Avengers heroes. Uh, we, we've got uh, essentially two. We got Man of Steel, which gives you Superman, and we've got uh, Batman versus Superman, which clumsily gives you uh, Batman and Wonder Woman. And in this movie, we're also throwing and even in- more clumsily gives you the rest of the cast in a, um, yeah. oh, Lex had these videos yeah, kind of way. So let's just run through the cast here uh, and i'll just go character names you can check out imdb yourself if you want to but we've got uh wonder woman we've got lois lane we've got bruce wayne arthur curry clark kent queen hippoletta uh barry allen mira as in uh aquaman's wife we've got iris west uh interestingly kind of cool actually they decided to stick with a uh, uh, woman of color here uh too uh so way to go um martha kent Alfred Pennyworth, Commissioner Gordon, uh, uh, Lex Luthor. God, they're bringing him back. Just fucking let that character die. Steppenwolf. Um, my, Victor Stone. My suspicion is at least for Justice League, Eisenberg will be a flashback. It, that's the most that he deserves. I'm sorry. Eisenberg was the worst part of that movie. Yeah. Uh, it's I, not I his just, fault. It's not I, his fault. He was I just really I, I hilariously think that's miscast. The only way you put him in this movie that that makes sense. Yeah, like I said, it, it, don't get me wrong. Eisenberg did, did fine as an actor, but um, <clears throat> just hilariously miscast in that role. And and <laughs> somebody should have said, no, this isn't how how we play this. Um, so at, at some point, somebody should have said that to me. Like, so you're Lex Luthor, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> we also have um a parademon cast in here so we know parademons are going to exist we've seen them in the trailer at this point like we're yeah kind of beyond that i mean if you're not a um you could argue that those are something else but they're parademons i mean come on they are and now imdb confirms uh what i don't see here is any sort of mention of dark side so it's possible that you're entirely correct and it's gonna be steppenwolf um no i'm, I'm right it's also <laughs> Uh, to- totally possible too. I think that um, they're not going to try to blow their load and and you know put Dark Side credits in IMDb. I I wouldn't put Dark Side in this movie, and, and that's not because he's a bad character. He's a great character, and I think he's going to be amazing for the uh, the penultimate like Justice League two. It does set something up. Like it does, it does do a good job setting it up. It, I just um, it's the first logical move they've made. Well, I think it, they've they've already. Um, Fuck, who was in the the fucking Batman versus Superman one? Who was the bad guy? Doomsday. Doomsday. Like they've already blown it with Doomsday. I think like they they should probably go a little bit smaller this time because uh, Darkseid I think is kind of one of the big the big uh, uh, bads. So yeah. um, incorporating the death of Superman in the first official like semi ensemble cast movie that they did was absolutely asinine. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping don't they don't go. I I think they could have done that well, um, but I I do think it was a little soon because the thing that um, about the death of Superman that's completely lost in our current universe is that there's so much history um, with the death of, death of Superman by the time you get to it in the comics, like there's um, so much more meaning in the comics um, before you hit death of Superman um, for the character. The character has been around a lot longer in in universe. The character has done a lot more in universe, uh, whereas comparatively. He's a flash in the pan so far. He's got maybe a year of active time before he get Death of Superman. I'll tell you what this movie did do, or this this trailer did do anyway, at least. Like, I watched it this morning before I went to work. My, my, my little kid, Natalie, was standing right next to me while I was watching it, and she was like, dude. And, like, didn't say anything about it, but then, like, 
at dinner tonight, I was talking to her and I was like, because my wife and I actually have the same days off in the next two days. And so I was like, hey, Nat, do you want to do like a family movie night tomorrow? <laughs> nice job. You know, and she was like, yeah. And I was like, and I'll, I'll make some popcorn in the air popper, you know, and we'll just we'll just watch a movie. And I go, what do you want to watch? And she goes, Batman versus Superman. Wow. Not even lying. Like, at five years old. And it's because she watched that movie this morning and, like, she recognized Wonder Woman right off the bat and obviously Batman and stuff like that. And she was just like, I know this movie doesn't come out right now, so I'm going to watch the other one. And, like, I this isn't my favorite movie. In fact, we've done our fair share of of uh pointing out its faults you know but like this trailer if if nothing else has gotten my five-year-old to be like you know what i'm getting geared up like i'm i'm gonna watch this like so that's that that's kind of cool my only my my only big hope for this two i have two big hopes one is that they play it cool and don't try and jam six hours of the story into a two and a half hour movie like that's that's kind of my big my big pet peeve with bvs um secondarily i really hope they clean up some of the effects because honestly some of the shots of cyborg in this trailer looked really cgi to me like it 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 looked terrible that's a lot of the criticism of cyborg in general is that like he's basically uh i don't know say 90 percent cgi because the only thing that's not cgi in those shots is the half of his face half of half of his face yeah um so i don't know if you're gonna get around that i think you can put a guy in a suit and at least make some of it look practical rather than than completely artificial. You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of wish they would have gone a little bit of a different direction. Maybe we'll see the movie and we'll be totally wrong about this. That's, but That's what it, I told my wife. It, is making, that, making him entirely CGI seems like a little bit too far. The movie doesn't come out till November, so I'm really hoping that like some of these are just like effect shots that haven't been like scrubbed clean yet. Yeah. So um, I mean, We've seen that before in trailers. I got to say, the biggest concern I have for this movie so far is that the cast is huge. Um, there's tons and tons of characters in here, tons and tons of characters with no backstory. We've already seen a lot of exposition just in the trailer. Don't get me wrong. This is a really good trailer. It doesn't give a lot away. Um, you kind of have to be a comic nerd to appreciate like, you know, parademons and mother boxes and shit like that. Um, so if you're watching it as a lay person, you're probably thinking going into this, like, I don't really know exactly what this movie is about, which is great. I think that's the way to go. And even knowing a little bit what it's about, like, I don't feel like this is like, uh, uh, you know, um, Batman versus Superman trailer two, which they totally gave away the doomsday thing in a completely retarded way. Um, but, uh, it was Bryce, right? At bat at BVS. Like when it was over with, he's like, I didn't know they were gonna bring Doomsday into it. And I'm like, Do you not watch <laughs> you trailers? Didn't watch any of the trailers? Yeah. <laughs> like what it what like it but but it was at that moment that I was just like, Oh, to be ignorant. Like yeah. that- <laughs> Ignorance really is bliss. And and we love Bryce, and it's not really one of his normal traits is to be completely ignorant of things, but like it, it was like a legitimate surprise and a welcome one to him that was like, Oh, they did Doomsday and I was like yeah. yeah, don't you think like I think that movie would that movie would be at least ten percent better if going into it you didn't know that was a thing. I, I I can imagine what the pop would have been like in the theater had that not been put in the trailers. Yeah. Instead you're just kinda of waiting for it the whole time and you know that it's yeah, we coming. Knew it was happening. Um, so especially by the time you get to the third act, it's like, oh well any minute now they're gonna bring out if you didn't know the comics you'd be at least, you know, that big monster creature and they gotta fight that to be friends and stuff like that. So not a good move. Shouldn't have done that. Don't yeah. don't agree. Now, I, I will say, like, there was some amazing moments in the trailer. 
there was some levity in this trailer and this is the first one of the Zack Snyder directed films that I've been like, yeah, like that was pretty funny. Like, yeah, see, this is another sort of quasi concern I have though, is like, I think that they, I, I hope, I hope they're just like, you know, we should focus on making a good movie and there are some parts of this that can be funny. Um, and I hope that they're not just like, oh, well, everybody bitched a bit about how we made uh, man of steel and Batman versus Superman too dark. So now we're just going to make this a comedy film. Like, um, I don't think that's what this looks like. And I hope I'm I hope I'm correct about that. I th- I think it's going to be good. It's just you know this is the thing with DC trailers uh, and DC in general. When I watch the trailer, I want to be excited about it so much. But it looks so cool. And then on the other hand, I'm like, uh, well, it's DC. So how are they fucking this up? Like I'm watching it and thinking, oh, they made jokes. It's it's about time they had made some fucking jokes. Um, but on the other hand, I'm like, oh, this is just going to be solid jokes because DC doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. So they're just going to make jokes the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been joined by Luna, the super podcasting dog. Yeah. Welcome she, to the podcast, Luna. She has taken her pee-pee pills for the evening. Yes. Uh, again, still, audience doesn't know about that. I'm content with letting that be the case. We don't... We don't yeah. I mean, if you want to know, shoot us an email. Yeah. Or, you know, hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, but... Yeah. For now, it, it's a secret. It's, no, no, it's, it's just, it's just, just going to be the title of the last episode as far as anybody else is concerned. All right, so uh, I will, you know, this is the other thing too, though. It, same thing I said going into Batman versus Superman. Uh, maybe the movie's going to totally suck, uh, but I want to watch this movie because it's clear that at least from this trailer, it will be visually stunning. It, like it, it's one of those things. Here's the deal, man. Like I've been hurt before. Yeah, that, I think and that's almost a like a catchphrase when it comes to I'm, talking about DC movies. I'm letting my abusive husband back into the house in the hopes that he He'll doesn't he doesn't just yeah hammer the shit out of me. You don't know. Right He's now. really nice when you're not there. Yeah, absolutely. No, I I do think this trailer shows a lot of promise, but like again, I felt the same way about the BVS though. Like when I saw its first trailer, and I'm just like, do you remember the first trailers? Like, do you remember watching it? I was like, oh. There's a yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was just all that kind of thing. And there's there's that kind of of feeling to this and it's just I'm really hoping that we don't get the best of the what this movie has to offer from the trailer. Well, that's the thing like um you know again cuz it's a DC movie. I I kind of feel like are they giving us a way a way you know like with Batman versus Superman, they did such a great job with the imagery. Like, um, there's so many things that are startlingly good about the imagery in Batman versus Superman, even once the movie came out, like that you can just appreciate. Like, if you forget the movie that had a plot, which sometimes I think they did. Um, uh, Wait, what was the plot? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, Batman's mad, and then Superman's not, mom's name is the same, and then why did uh, you say that name? And then Wonder Woman has to show us uh, uh, YouTube clips of fucking uh, uh, the Flash buying milk. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, the case, the the, the thing is, is that uh, watching the, those first set of trailers, especially trailer one, it's like they got the imagery so right, and there were so many intriguing little points in that 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 they 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 just didn't touch. You know, like this, the fucking suit. They they were just like, well, that's a thing that exists, and then they never looked back at it again. You know what they did amazingly from BVS that they'll never capitalize on. And that, that is the 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 nightmare that Bruce Wayne had when when Barry Allen shows up and he's like, "Am I too soon?" Like they did that whole thing. They're never going to capitalize on that. Like, see, that's I, never going to pay off. I didn't like that scene. I still don't like that scene in Batman vs Superman. Uh, the um, the I, only thing I like about it is like I was like, "Well, this would be this would make great fan fiction." Like I hated they, I hated what his costume looked like because it like you could see it like 
it was in pieces around his head and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah. that's not how Flash suit works. But like, <laughs> I thought the scene itself was brilliant. But I also knew when I watched it that that was never gonna like they were never gonna capitalize on that. Well, that was another thing. I was I, I was kind of thinking like especially with the Flash thing. I was like, well, you guys just just trying to sell me on the justice league thing like try to make a good movie first and then if you can add in some things that sell me on the justice league which why do you need to sell me on the justice league again all you need to do is give me some tiny tiny little tangential tie-ins to make me know that the justice league thing is a possibility i mean and we're good that's we beat this horse a thousand times but like that horse is just fucking hamburger marvel that's what marvel did though like we knew we were getting avengers but like at the same time like we didn't care any less about the movies that we got leading up to it because they were good movies. Go back to Iron Man 2. What's our biggest criticism of Iron Man 2? We don't need a fucking two-hour-long preview for the Avengers. Like, we're already there. We, we Our tickets are paid for. Like, just make it a decent movie. And if you can somehow tie that in cohesively to an Iron, uh, an Avengers story, then please do that. Um, but when it becomes obvious that you're making a trailer, I'm, a two-hour I'm trailer, I'm gonna for argue your that movie. our first images of Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow were worth the twelve bucks that we paid for the movie <laughs> or whatever. But that, like, it it sold some tickets, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. That that's gonna be my argument there. But I mean, from a purely misogynistic point of view, <laughs> um, okay, we're not misogynist, but still, no, it's Scarlett and she's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, don't go see ghosts. Ghosts in the Ghost whatever, in the shell, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Otherwise known as exactly the reason why people complain about whitewashing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so speaking of whitewashing, are we done with Justice League right now? I mean, it's your show. Can we watch? Can we watch? Or can we talk a little bit about Iron Fist before we go into anything else? Oh yeah, you know, I forgot to put that in because you're a few did, you're a few episodes in Iron Fist. Have you met Bakudo yet? No. Fuck. Bakudo is not the drunken whatever, is he? No. Okay, yeah, then I haven't. So, no, like, I'm on episode seven or something, or maybe no, eight. he's he's uh, uh, what's her name's sensei? Uh, no, Wing. Defi- definitely had. Um, no, actually, yes, I have met him, and that's it. I've I've met him, and I know nothing about him. At so, this do point. we know why Bakudo is an Italian American, no, and I, his name is Bakudo? Do we I, know that? I no, because really, he's just Sam Witwicky's roommate from Revenge of the Fallen. That's all he is. <laughs> like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, so Iron Fist, how are you doing on it? Like you're eight, nine episodes in? I think I'm about at eight. Um, I just I'm watching the episode or just finished the episode where they went to China. Um, okay, that's a fun episode. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I want to say. If you go back and listen to last week's last week's episode where we talk about Iron Fist very briefly, I was pretty fucking down on the show. Like uh, episode one, it sucks. Like I'm just gonna come out and say it. Like it's not good uh episode two marginally better uh now that i'm on episode eight i actually don't hate this show like it's it's not great it's not on my top five it's definitely of the defender so far uh, on netflix it's 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 fourth it's fourth out of four um but it's watchable it's it's something i would probably actually recommend with those sort of caveats of like you know don't watch episodes one and well, i mean watch episodes one and two but maybe have a couple of beers first here's here's my thing and and i I think I I summed this up pretty succinctly when I was texting Eddie yesterday about it. I don't hate Iron Fist. I just don't love it. No, I want to love it, and that's the thing. Like uh, of the previous properties, uh, uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage, 
I love those things. They're so good, and I just can't wait to get to the next episode. And I'm only just barely getting to the point where I like it, I it, don't have to force myself to it's, continue. It's the first one of the Marvel Netflix series that makes you root for Madame Gao. <laughs> it really does. Uh, and that's, I mean, I can't even necessarily say this is a bad thing, though, because she does play a part later on, and you haven't gotten there yet, so I'm not going to spoil anything. But, like, there's... There's definitely a point where you realize that the hand is not one cohesive unit, mm-hmm. and she's just one piece of that. Um, I I enjoy Danny Rand's character, um, and and I like uh, Colleen Wing quite a bit. Uh, and her character actually gets a lot more depth probably in the next episode or the or two from where you're at right now i'm yeah. i'm finished with the series i should I, I should point that out like i i finished the last episode uh two nights ago um nice not quite as quickly as i finished luke cage and or possibly no that's not true luke cage is no i okay i did finish daredevil season two quicker than any of the rest of them yeah i actually don't think this is a bad completion time like it's only been out for like what two weeks now no, a week as a of week. yesterday. Yeah, so uh, in, uh, um, as much as we're shitting on the show, or as much as I, I personally have shit on the show, like I'm eight, ep- eight episodes in a week later, uh, which is pretty solid because I, it's not like it's I got more a lot of an free episode time. a day. Like if you break it down by that, <clears throat> I'll, I'll also say that like it preempted some other shows that I've been watching. Like, uh, don't get me wrong, I think Legion is probably the best show on TV right now, or one of the best shows on TV right now, and this last episode is no exception just fucking phenomenal from start to finish um but i i actually didn't watch legion as the same night which is a new thing i watched iron fist instead um so uh it's not a bad show i I like it it's just it's weaker compared to the other properties and there's some things that are a little bit glaring like as much as i want this show to be the show that the fight scenes are just fucking phenomenal in they're not like there's too many things where um, they get better and i could tell you that they do and that's another kind of sad thing is like episode one shouldn't have such rough cuts in it. Um, like they, they need to just keep going until they absolutely nail it. I'm really uh, curious about that because honestly, this is one of those kind of things that we're like, we got a Captain America and a Thor movie solely because they were going to be like, we're going to do Avengers and we, we have to do this. Right. Yeah. Um, but they didn't feel like that when we actually got those movies. Like, Iron Fist definitely feels like we have to do this so we can put this character in the Defenders. And it shouldn't. Like, it's not fair to the character. It's not fair to your leads that you cast. Um, Because, honestly, there's some really great acting in this later on as it goes on. But the dialogue is cringy. Yeah. Like, super cringy, especially at the beginning of the series. The, (coughs) The writing is really rough in a lot of this, which... You know, we talked about that in the beginning, like the the first few episodes, the dialogue is, is just flat out awful in places. And then, um, you know, like I said, the, 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 thing, the other thing is the fights. We talked again. I just I was just mentioning this, but the fights sometimes drive me nuts because it's like they're a little they feel slow um, and they really shouldn't. Like um, it feels like they just needed to have done this uh, uh, choreography like. I don't know, a hundred more times before they actually, you know, took that take for the show. I, I feel like the slow part is intentional and I, and I know why they did it. I just, in places, I think it's just not executed well. 
in places where it's used as an effect, like you can use slow motion as an effect in a fight scene. It's not even about slow motion. And shit it's like that, but. Danny Rand's whole whole thing, even when he's talking with Colleen, is like people tend to think too fast and try and move too fast, and and you have to slow things down, and and that's really what they're trying to get at. I just don't think it was executed well. No, it, it falls over in a lot of places. In a Kung, lot of places, the fights just look clunky. Not, not to mention Kung Fu is one of the slower, clunkier martial arts. Not that it's bad. It's just it's Kung Fu is like throw the, heavy, isn't it? The motion, not necessarily altogether That's throw Aikido. heavy, but like it's it's very like Aikido is more like if somebody's trying to hurt you, you break a bone. Well, <laughs> I think Aikido but, is more like you use your enemy's. Um, um, it's Steven Seagal momentum against you. Um, no, I mean I know Steven Seagal is really into Aikido, but I, that's not the sense I get from it. I think that it's more like about using your your opponent's movements against you. Um, yeah, I don't fucking know. We yeah, no, it's, like it's ridiculous true. People it's right true. Now. It's true. It's just not one of the like Kung Fu is <laughs> is not Taekwondo is flashy. Yeah, Kung Fu is not. Yeah. And that's that's really how I'm trying to get to. Um I I'm I'm gonna say that part of me enjoyed the, the, the series by the time I was over, but but there's definitely like that piece that's like if anybody mentions to me like if anybody asks, you know, hey, do I have to watch all these series before I get to the Defender, I'll be like, No, nah, you don't really have to watch Iron Fist. <laughs> other than other than that's you know, where he is. And and that's not fair to um what's his name? I I can't Ben Jones. Who plays Iron yeah, Fist? Yeah, yeah, no. Or Danny I, I think he does a really good job. I like Finn as an actor. I like the the chick who plays Colleen, um, and of course, like uh, we we have. Um, I'll say Co- Colleen looks pretty good. Um, I don't know her name. I'm sorry. Uh, Rosario. Finn, <laughs> we have Rosario, who's amazing. Like that's one of the things I noticed about watching this is that as soon as Rosario Dawson shows up as uh, uh, Claire Temple. I'm a lot more invested in the series because now it ties back together a lot better mm-hmm. because Rosario Dawson is uh, Rosario Dawson and she's awesome the entire thing through. Um, what I will say is Finn Finn is good in the Danny Rand parts. He's not great in the Iron Fist parts. Like they needed to work on him a little bit more as far as form. Like this is another thing like Keanu Reeves, say what you will as an actor, but he gets into the physical shit Whoa. so well um you know like getting ready for john wick there's this video that uh is floating around the internet you can go check it out on youtube where he does some gun training um because uh scenes from john wick are actually used as training in like how to handle weapons because uh actually using a gun is a lot different than how most movies make it out to be and how he does that in this this thing and how he flies full force into it is amazing same thing matrix even go back to the matrix what he does to get into the physical parts of the Matrix and make the Kung Fu scenes, you know, actually work on screen. I'm just saying Finn could study at the altar of Keanu Reeves and that would have made this a lot better show. The thing about Keanu is is he is, if nothing else, dedicated to the roles that he chooses. Um, it John Wick in particular, like, it helps that Keanu is, is a, a, a super strong two-way supporter. Like, he's very much Second Amendment-oriented um anyway and so he does these things where he goes out on the range and and fires live ammunition and and 
does his whole training routine and whatnot. Um, well, I'm just saying he works through it until it looks fluid and natural. Yeah. And it looks the way that it's supposed to. Well, and that's what's, I think, a little bit lacking here. I, Even like Daredevil, like the way that the, the you know, the, the fights go between uh, Charlie Cox, who is also not at all, a, um, you know, a martial artist or anything like that. They look a lot more um, natural, natural. They look a lot more realistic. And with and part of that's because Charlie really commits to that, I think, a little bit better. Um, but the, the the scenes with Iron Fist don't necessarily come across that way. Yeah. And I kind of half think that was intentional. I think I, I think kind of like they were approaching it with the whole like this white guy was never supposed to get this opportunity to do this. And so he kind of looks no, weird about it. No, no, no. I, I don't think that's true. I you think... don't think they put that much thought into it? I don't know. I don't know either. I, I think no, it's, I, it's I think, weird, I think though. I think it's just clunky. I think they're trying to go for he's the ultimate martial artist, which he's supposed to be. It, and it just doesn't land right. It's weird like, to me. Even what you were saying, like um, Danny Rand sort of like they, they say this. It's like a piece of exposition on the screen where they're like uh, D- Danny telling Colleen essentially like, you know, every, everybody just needs to slow down and be more deliberate or whatever. Like there's a way that you can do that and show that on screen and it doesn't come across in this particular scene. Yeah, well. I don't I don't disagree. It's just one of those things where I'm just like, I don't know, man. It just. How does this get past Jeff Loeb? I don't know. And 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 it's that much. It like it's drastically different than the than the other series. You know what I mean? Well, that th- that's the thing. Like I don't know what exactly the the whole story behind this is, but it is pretty drastically different than the whole series for a lot of reasons. And it's a little. Um, I don't know. It it bothers me. It could be better. Yeah, I was talking to Bailey this last week, and his his major beef with Marvel is this and then he thought luke cage had an unexplained six month gap and i don't really see it no I don't but it really bugs him like he th- he feels like there's a, a gap that's not explained and i'm i don't see it because i honestly i watched luke cage and i watched every single episode of it and i was like this is fucking great like i i love this i really like luke cage i will say um i think that uh what's his fucking name <sighs> What's the guy who's Cottonmouth? Name? Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth, I think, was a way better villain than Diamondback, but I think it all worked. So yeah, I'd, and 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 when Cottonmouth meets whatever fake Cottonmouth meets, like you realize, because this is about seven episodes into the thirteen episode series, like it was meant to be that way the entire time. You know, yeah. like I, I'm with you. Like I thought Cottonmouth was actually kind of more enjoyable to watch on screen than than Diamondback was. Yeah. Um, but we also got a lot more Cottonmouth on screen than we did get Diamondback. Like even given that he was like the supposed big bad of the whole thing, like we we definitely got more Cottonmouth at the end of the day. Yeah. Um. All right. Plus the story was told well. Like yeah. that was the thing. Is like I really like every episode meant something to me. And with Iron Fist, it's like well, the first two episodes are pretty forgettable. The next several are good. Honestly, and I don't mean to shit on anything for anyone that hasn't seen it yet, but like it should have ended at episode twelve. It wouldn't bother me. All right, let's move so, on to um. Uh, 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 we got an X Men rumor, and I know nothing about this. Tell me about this. X-Men we do. Thing. So Fox is doing another X Men series, not Legion. We're not talking about Legion at this point. Um, although I will commit to trying to be caught up by lead with Legion by the time we record next. Um, I've heard a lot of complaints about Legion because it's kind of slow, uh, but it's so good. 
Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, it, it's not slow. It's just very like intelligent and cerebral and in, in mind a way. fucky. Like, it's it, very it's mind super mind fucky. Like, uh, you there. This is not a popcorn sort of thing. Like, it's not a. It's not a an Iron Fist or something like that that you just expect anybody you, to, you to be able to get into. You can't go to bed half lit and put it on and, and expect to, to take anything out of it. Trust no. me, I've tried. No, <laughs> you really have to pay attention to the the show a little bit and. Uh, it's so but but it it is just so good like i i really enjoy the show um so yeah do get caught up but anyway this is not that this is a different property so we have another series that fox is doing uh related to x-men and it hasn't had a title it's been mostly uh referred to as the untitled x-men series and whatnot and rumor has it that the title is actually going to change to gifted which makes a lot of sense if you're an X-Men fan. Yep. Um, X-Men, you know, they, they've, they've got the mutant gene. And typically um, in the X-Men universe, uh, most, of society, most of society sees that as a little bit of a curse. Yep. Um, but, you know, especially, you know. But, uh, but then you have Xavier the who X-Men. opened the Xavier School, the Charles Xavier School for the Gifted. Yep. So <clears throat> I'd kind of like it if they actually went to Xavier's school. But I just don't see how they could possibly do that on TV. No, I don't know. I don't know how you pull that off without actually having Charles Xavier. And if you have Charles Xavier, then, you know, it's either going to be McAvoy or, or yeah. Pat Stewart. McAvoy or Stewart. <laughs> and we're not going to get either of those. No, it's um, not happening. Speaking of Stewart, did you see him dress up as Kate McKinnon? Or not Kate McKinnon, but as, uh, <laughs> as yes. uh, what's her name? Yeah. Kellyanne Conway. Kellyanne. I yeah. say Kate McKinnon because she does the best Kellyanne Conway. I mean, if is. you put two, if you put a picture of uh, Patrick Stewart and drag it and Kellyanne Conway next to each other, I defy you to tell me which one is Patrick. Tell Stewart. me which one you want to fuck more. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be Patrick Stewart every time, but uh, no, I just you can't tell them apart. It's yeah, impossible. That was that was pretty epic. Um, anyway, that's really all we have for the series is that, that it potentially has a name and that name is Gifted. I think we mentioned that when we were talking about Legion. We talked about how Fox had another property in development that they were going with yeah. in the X-Men universe. And we don't know how that's going to play out, but Gifted gives a lot of different connotations. And I'm not lying when I say that now we're firmly in this era where I like everything to tie together. So it won't break my heart if it doesn't, but I would like it if in some way it tied to to Legion. So we don't have a comic book session this week, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm going to say... Fuck one you. of our goals. No, one of our goals was was to finish a couple different different series. Uh Unworthy Thor, which Eddie and I both really like. Um neither one of us read the final issue of that this past week yet. Uh no. so we're not going to talk about that. I did read the last issue of Inhumans versus X-Men and I will say that if ever there was a uh a storyline that embodied the term like went out with a whimper. <laughs> it's it's kind of this one nothing well, that we thought that now was, i have to go home and read the rest of that right away nothing that was big that we thought was going to happen actually happened at the end of this although we have yet to get x-men prime um written by mark guggenheim uh or, which i'm sure is going to clear everything up and be a super wonderful or x-men gold and blue and any of the other uh, X Men franchises that are that are due to to come out uh, throughout the months of April and May. So okay, so Deadpool two. Um, we knew as of the end of, end credits of Deadpool one that they're probably going to do Cable in Deadpool two. Now, and then Deadpool and then 1, and then we were also reminded at the beginning of Logan. Yeah, Cable. Uh, yeah, coming, coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it's it's fair to note that Deadpool um, is sort of you could do whatever you want. Although I'd say that this one is pretty much uh, straight. They're gonna they're gonna do Cable in Deadpool too. And uh, one of the casting rumors this is this is gonna be an odd one. When you say when you say Cable, who who do, who comes to mind? Um, I'm gonna guess it's not Brad Pitt. I honestly, the dude that plays the uh, the guy in in Avatar. <laughs> That's, that's who the I think guy of that, too. that comes um, to mind but he's in um, a series that i was just watching too but he's that, still playing avatar and that, that dude in avatar for the next oh, fucking you know what he's 20 in? years so uh there's this show on amc um which is the same network that airs the walking dead if you weren't one i was gonna say is it the walking dead because that's that's i, I thought no. that's all amc did but it's called into the in, into the badlands it's a post oh, i haven't watched that yet it, it's post epoch it's um there's a lot of ninja shit in it. Which Season is two cool. just started like last week or something. Uh, yeah, it's on Netflix now. So if you want to check it Season out. Season one. Yes. Yeah, Season one is on Netflix. So if you want to check it out, you can. I've watched two or three episodes. It's not a great show. Um, don't get me wrong. I like it. It's it's an okay show. I, I, I've kept watching it and I, I intend to keep watching it. Um, but it's not a, like a blow me away like. Uh, when the first episode of the walking when i watched the first episode of the walking dead i was like holy shit like i need to see everything that happens you guys what you have to out. understand is not a great show is about the closest you're going to come to a compliment from eddie <laughs> no that's not true because like i that's just got true. done we do we geek out about the, a lot the, of shows with but. legion and and uh as much as the flash is pissing me off lately uh um I still really like the Flash. The Flash didn't piss you off this week, and we'll definitely talk about that. Yeah. So, um, anyway, into the Badlands. Uh, the reason I was thinking of that is because he appears. Uh, the guy that plays that fucking guy from Avatar, um, bad dude, uh, appears in Into the Badlands. Uh, the unobtainium miner. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> what, what when I think Cable retarded. too, when I think Cable, I think that that's the guy who should play it. Like, um, no, uh, honestly, uh guy who drew comic books in the 90s and created deadpool i, I want to say jim lee but that's nope not, that's it's not him i follow him on facebook too and i feel like it's such a fucking retard lifefield rob lifefield okay no I, why was i saying jim lee because rob lifefield because they all worked the for image back in the day feet. like yeah. they all worked in the image back in the day um but lifefield has been feeling a lot of questions too and like he he basically like people were like get this guy to do it and he was like that guy's doing avatar for like the next hundred years so we can't do that <laughs> yeah um but he's mentioned a few recently that that have been pretty good i eddie's got one in the notes right now and i'll let him talk about that but then i've got a couple other rumors too that are actually kind of strong yeah okay so the you know the, i already said this but the the rumor that i have is brad pitt and um, as much as I think Brad Pitt would be, I don't know, cool, but weird. Like, I, I, I can't picture Brad Pitt really in this role. Um, it would be kind of interesting to see him there. Uh, although I think Brad Pitt's now such a big star. Like, it, it's rough for me to try to picture him as being anything other than Brad Pitt. Really? Because Ryan Reynolds is Deadpool. Did you know that? Yeah, but Ryan Reynolds doesn't have the star power and hasn't had the star power that, Dude, that somebody Reynolds like Brad is Pitt. star power. He is. Don't get me wrong. I'm totally gay for uh, Ryan Reynolds. But um, <clears throat> Brad Pitt has been around for like 20 odd years now, and he's been a leading man for 20 odd years now. Um, Ryan Reynolds isn't quite that yet. Maybe I, I wouldn't surprise me if in you know 10 years we're still That's talking you. about Reynolds. Uh, but um, when did Van Wilder come out? <laughs> That's a good point. Because 
Jesus Christ. Like, that was my first introduction. I'm like, that guy's going somewhere. Yeah. Um, Plus, we got Cal Penn out of that, too. So, so Someday on. he's going to play uh, Green Lantern slash Deadpool. And uh, at least we'll forgive him for Green Lantern after he plays Deadpool. <laughs> would it be? Would it not be amazing if he played Green Lantern again, but did it as, as though he was Wade Wilson playing? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think that should be a spot in uh, uh, the Deadpool movie. And also now, see, you got me watching wrestling too much because now everything's a spot. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, so, I don't know. Brad Pitt playing Cable. Uh, that's a fun rumor, but I don't think it... There's 0% chance. I'll just come out and say it now. On the record, 0%, 0% chance that's going to happen. Okay, so here's one that has a more likely chance to it. And this is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, unless you're really reading the uh, the nerd sheets, as it, as it were. Pierce Brosnan has apparently expressed interest in his maybe even auditioned for cable. Okay. Now that he's old uh, enough now. He, I could, I could see it. I could see it. Um, the other rumor that I'm hearing is that Michael Shannon, AKA, uh, general Zod. It's too close. No, I'm hearing a lot of feathers being ruffled about this though. Like that. It might actually happen. I don't know. I, I don't think Shannon's bad for it. I just think coming hot off the heels of the whole Superman Batman thing. Oh, okay, uh, so this is what I'm gonna tell you. This is what I'm gonna tell you about this. And and, and it, my buddy Adam has the same kind of general thought about it too. And that is, are there not other actors? Because like, you get a guy that's really hot for one particular role, and then all of a sudden, like he's typecast and cast in all his movies. Take for example our good friend John Boyega from Episode Seven, aka Finn. Yeah. Also going to be in Pacific Rim 2 now. Like, that's, like, right after Episode 7, like, hit huge. They're like, oh, yeah. We'll get that guy. So yeah. we're going to bring back Jax Teller and then Finn. Yeah. And, like, so my buddy Adam, and, and he said the same thing about uh, 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 J. Jonah Jameson being uh, Jim Gordon. He's like, dude. Are there not other actors in the world? Like seriously, like is this yeah, all we have? But see, that's the thing though. I saw I said Joe Jonah as uh, um, Jim Gordon in this trailer, and I was like, oh, I'm on board. No, it's totally believable. It, yeah, it, it's totally believable. But like on the offset, you're like, okay, so he did this role for three movies with Spider Man, right? And then all of a sudden, now we get him in this, and it's like, really? Like they're really see, not but- looking very far out. Like. But that's the thing. Like when I saw him as Gordon, I didn't recognize. I I did not recognize him immediately and say, "Oh, that's that's J. Jonah Jameson." Did have you seen uh, what, uh, that other Affleck movie? Just came out recently. Uh, the accountant. No, uh, I have that in my queue, but I haven't watched it yet. Watch it because he's in it too. J. Jonah. Yep. And does he want the pictures of Spider-Man during the whole thing? No, no, he's actually really good at it. But and so is Affleck, and honestly, um, so is uh, what's her name, who was the the lead troll in the Trolls movie, Anna Kendrick. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's me playing with my mic. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's we haven't done very many of these. No. <laughs> um, no, she's she's super good in it, and so is he. And what's that guy's name? Which one? J. Jonah Jameson. So J.K. I, Simmons. Yes, J.K. Simmons. So I cannot call him J. Jonah Jameson. Uh, <laughs> it should. It actually should speak to how good of a job he did as that role and how much I picture him as that role. Because uh, uh, when you say J.K. Simmons, I immediately 
immediately zero uh, uh, hesitation say no seriously he's super good at being j jonah jameson like when when they cast him as that and i didn't really know who he was anyway because that was years ago yeah (laughs) like i watched that movie and i'm like they cast J. Jonah Jameson as yeah, J. Jonah Jameson. How did like, they get him right off the comic page? Yeah, um, like that was so good. Um, like so th- that casting is right up there with Charles Xavier and Patrick Stewart in my mind. Dude. Okay, and here's a comic book that I did read. Is Venom number five. Okay. The symbiote is no longer with Flash Thompson, who is with before. Yeah. They just reintroduced Eddie Brock into Marvel continuity and like literally like the bottom of the page read like no seriously eddie brock is back i've only read two issues of that but that's intriguing and i'm positive that he's gonna get the symbiote back like i really think that this new guy is only like temporary until they were just like yep here he is here's eddie brock and we're gonna have (laughs) venom the lethal protector back again so i'm super excited about that like i was lukewarm on this book before I've only been reading it because it was just like, okay, it's a new Venom book and why yeah. not? But now I'm like, yep, that's one of the ones I'm going to read. Yeah. So. Okay. Um. So that kind of covers Marvel for us this evening. How Pierce about... Brosnan? Is that your vote? Uh, Pierce Brosnan? I, I don't know. That seems that seems like, uh, you know, I He's can see He's a little it. gangly for Cable. But I mean, yeah. CGI does wonders these days. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, I really much prefer the guy from Avatar because he's got the absolute correct look for that. But yeah, um, he does. He's also got the build for it too. So Cable, Cable is actually kind of a he's old, but he's like um, super buff for an old guy. He's just white haired. I don't even know how old he is. You know what I mean? Because like it's that whole. Nah, like... I mean he's 40s at least. Um, Do you think? Oh, for sure. Like Cable's at least 40s, and he's he's just got that build like. He actually kind of looks like the fucking uh, um, Little Soldiers, that movie. He looks like the the lead army guy from that, <laughs> which I think actually might be based on the guy from uh, I'm, Avatar. So. I'm going to put you on the spot. Who are Cable's parents? No, I don't remember. You know one of them. You know his dad, right? I'm sure I do, but it's not coming to me. Really? Yeah, I, I'm sorry. All right, so for those of you listening at home, and apparently for Eddie, no, I know it. As soon as you say it, I'm gonna be like, "Oh yeah, that's right." But Cable's uh, parents are Cyclops, yes, and Madeline Pryor, who is a clone of Jean Grey that he did not know was a clone when he knocked her up. See, like I wasn't available or I wasn't reading comics at that time. That was um, that was, but I did know. Dude. Like I, I don't did really know Cyclops. Know. I would never remembered Madeline Pryor got a you know nerd card on the table i wouldn't have remembered madeline Pryor, but i definitely remembered cyclops i uh madeline Pryor is still a thing like that's that's what's crazy to me like it the like if you ever actually finish reading um all new x-men yeah and get caught up on that like volumes one and two like you'll see Mad- madeline Pryor even make a make a, an appearance in those books well wow. um we have anything else Marvel at this point? Uh, no. Let's um. Let's take a beer oh, break. Yeah, we do. We do. Oh, uh, we do. We got Russo Brothers stuff. Oh well, that's in the miscellaneous section because it's not really. Oh, it Marvel. is. It is. It is. I, okay. Yeah. Let's take a beer break and possibly take a piss. Yeah, it's doable. Yeah. We'll come back and we'll talk about um Terminator and Russo Brothers news. Ah, um, uh, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. That's a different franchise. <laughs> it's the same. 
I'm gonna edit this down. There's not gonna be a show left. What are you doing, Lou? Come here. Come here. No. Using my fucking mic. You're worse than Christ. Come Jesus Christ. Come here. Come here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you with late breaking news. And for that, we want to talk about how Matt's pissed off about Microsoft. So I came home the other day, and my computer had this almost powder blue screen. A blue screen? What kind of blue screen would you say? How would you describe it? It wasn't a dark blue screen that had a bunch of error codes on it. Was it like a lively blue screen or? Powder blue. Okay. Blank. Right. That was it. So it's a blue screen of Limbo? I don't know. What the fuck is that, Microsoft? It was something. And uh, and so then I had to like hold the power button on my machine down until it just died. When you do that, do you feel like I feel it, which is like you're suffocating it slowly? Like you're putting something out of its misery? Might as well like, be holding a pillow over his face, yeah. Go to sleep. Yeah. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so upon reboot, <coughs> I go into Windows or... More more precisely, it says Windows is configuring your whatever, right? Yeah. Like it's it's doing that whole thing like as though it installed updates. Okay. So I wait a few minutes till I get into the actual screen. And this is agony for me. A few minutes when I'm booting to Windows is absolute agony because I've been running an a, a PCIe SSD for a long time. So like I shouldn't wait more than 20 seconds <laughs> before I get to Windows. It was really funny because I remember the days when, like, you'd turn on your computer and you'd just go get a cup of coffee or something like that. Or when I was yeah. a kid, I would just probably read it. You know, pre, I don't know, pre- go read Keurig, a book for not a even while. a two-minute cup of coffee. Like, you actually had to, like, fill the thing and, like, wait for it to heat up yeah. and, like, brew your 12-cup pot or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Wait, waiting, like, same thing. When my computer updates, like, I don't have the S- – I have an SSD. It's not, it's not the you know the 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 PCIe version or whatever, but it's still pretty fast. Yeah. And and so like when I have to wait like a good you know say three minutes, oh god, three minutes for my computer to boot. It's just like well, man, I mean technology sucks. We're never gonna get to the fucking moon with this sort of shit. You know, my, mine is an uh, a, an M2 PCIe SSD. That's I, that's nerd for fast. I. I probably could make my computer even faster if I just pulled it off of the PCIe board and like plugged it directly into my board because my board actually has the PCIe slot like that that is okay. Fair warning, nerd speak for a minute. I have an X99 Deluxe Asus motherboard, right? So like, I have a um six core Intel i7. Nice, right? It has. 40 PCIe lanes, which is also very fast. Not, not, not skimping on the PCIe. Most, most modern computers have 28. Yeah. So, um, 
a PCIe lens for you that want to kind of understand what Matt's talking about right now are basically sort of the channel to the CPU. Yeah. Like uh, it's, it's, um, it's sort not of the modern way. Yeah. It's the modern way uh, to get the, you know, d- data to the CPU. That's vastly dumbing it down. I'm sorry. Please don't write it. In the most, show. most of your computers have a SATA lane, right? That, that, is how the hard drive talks to the CPU. Mine, or or multi, multiple, but yeah. Yeah, mine runs PCIe. PCIe is generally faster is the and, thing. And it's amazing. Um, so I probably could just plug that hard drive directly into my motherboard and literally boot within 10 seconds, but I, I, know I don't. don't. Well, because it's the, the hard drive itself came on a PCIe card. Gotcha. And I kind of don't want to fuck that up in case it's not, uh, you know. Yeah, see, I, I get it. Like... um. There, there are like I need my computer to work most of the time, and don't get me wrong, I'm sort of on the bleeding edge of like um, where you know it, it moves from nerd to tinkerer. I, if I had more money, I'd have a machine just dedicated to fucking around with. But since I don't, uh, yeah, I kind of need to work, you know, reasonably reliably. Right, and that's that's kind of my thing. Is like I I use my computer for lots of things, the show notwithstanding. <laughs> yeah. Um. But. Uh, yeah, so it, it took me a couple minutes to get into Windows, and then I go after I'm like, oh, it says it's configuring my Windows installation, which means it installed an update. And already I'm just like, I'm already, I've am i already texted Eddie at this point and been like, get ready to listen to me, bitch, because this is going to happen. <laughs> okay, Q. Um, are you on the Insider Preview Builds? Yes. Are you on the fast lane? Or yeah, are you the- I am. Yeah. Okay, so I'm also on the fast ring. Again, this is nerd speak for you can join the Windows Insider program, which is basically a rough code for, hey, can you give me some shit that's probably going to break? Um, I, I want the the latest and greatest bleeding edge stuff, and, and maybe it's going to break sometimes. Um, there's the slow ring, which is sort of like the, um, okay, no, these are the ones we might release actually to the public if it works out okay. And then there's the fast ring, which is just like, okay, throw me whatever shit you got, and, and uh, it'll be new and interesting but it also may totally fuck up so yeah um, we're both on the fast ring and so every time i think about you know anything related to updates i kind of have to be like well i guess this is probably because i'm on the fast ring I've, I mean? I've honestly been on the fast ring since before windows 10 was something that like you could buy yeah so it's okay. just it that is makes what a lot it is of sense. but um i will say okay so a non-fast ring complaint that i have just regardless when you update windows is prone to just reset shit like, yeah, don't don't fuck my shit up because like, okay, here's the thing: I'm never gonna use Edge as as my everyday browser. See, it's that's not gonna the thing happen. too. I thought this is a fast ring bullshit thing. Like, I thought when you because I was on the fast ring, I was getting all this bullshit. Sort of like, oh, just you need yeah. to use Edge. And don't get me wrong, Edge isn't bad. It's just not quite ready for prime time because the um uh especially the add-on supports are not really there. But anyway, that's just one example of like every time I I update. It's like, oh, you should try Edge, the fastest browser from Microsoft or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah. no, leave it, me alone. It automatically, and the next episode, no, leave me alone. You know? Automatically resets my browser, my default browser to Edge. And another thing I too, have not had that. Is that, that would actually, I'd probably just throw my computer away and, I, and just go work off of an iPad all. The I time. have Adobe Reader installed for for PDF viewing. Ooh, that's and bold. It automatically resets my default PDF reader to Edge as well. See, I have had it reset 
no, I don't think I've I don't think I've had it reset defaults. Um, what I have had happen is like every update or not every update, but almost every update, I have to remove the get office thing that right. drives me off the right. fucking wall. So um, every update, it's like you should try Edge from blah blah blah. Every update, like it throws another you know bullshit taskbar item of like you should use Windows Mail client because it's totally crappy actually. Yeah, so that's not what happened this time. What happened this time was I just had that blue screen and it took several minutes to get into my computer. Told me it was configuring my Windows installation. Okay, whatever. All well and good. So I just out of curiosity jump into the the update uh setting under settings. Yeah, you can you can view the history there. Right. And I went to my update history. It hadn't installed updates since at least two days before. So I'm just like, all right, what the fuck is going on? Like, why is my computer telling me that it's in configuring my windows installation and it hasn't installed updates in two days i don't know that's see i want to i want to be more mad for you on this but i kind of think like fastering these are the types of dangers you run into i mean yeah but at the same time i'm just like all right i'm an it professional that's what i do i should be able to handle the fastering like the fastering shouldn't be something that is just like oh we fucked up Sorry, guys. Yeah, no, you know what no, I mean? See, like, but I think that's the whole thing with the fast ring. It even says, like, experimental features may break. Like, uh, but, it, but it didn't do anything. Like. Okay, so here. Let's let's legitimately bitch about something Microsoft does. Uh, ads. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. When, when, you, when you open up your Explorer window, like, uh, that is, like, you go into the thing where you can see my computer and shit like that. Um, do you, do you want an ad for OneDrive? Do you want them to like pop up and say like, oh, you should use OneDrive? Uh, hey, hey, we've almost perfected this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. Uh, but, you know, ever. Uh, Nor am I going to use OneDrive. If I use anything like that, it's going to be a Dropbox most yeah, of the time. Yeah. See, that's the other thing. Like, uh, I really, 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 really don't like it when when Windows is like all condescending. It's like, oh, you should use Edge. It's faster and it's this much better than Chrome. I really fucking hate it. How every fucking time I go to Google now, right now I'm using Firefox uh, because I like privacy and also because um, uh, how are you Chrome... saying Google doesn't respect your privacy? Come no, on, Google would just take my privacy in a back room and just fuck it until it falls apart google turns um, your privacy into a, a, a cylindrical wad and then just shoves it up your own ass like yeah, that's what google does pretty but much i still Re- use it regularly because it's honestly like the the most intelligent browser you know, that i have Chrome so. is good um but it, what i found is i'm not losing a whole lot by losing by using firefox not enough that i really care like this is finally one of those ideological choices that i can make it's sort of like uh, do I buy this brand of cereal or this brand of cereal? Well, this brand of cereal costs 10 more cents. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Um, uh, it's not really like a real choice that's it, probably making a huge effect. Although I, I will give you the fact that Mozilla <clears throat> um, is a vastly different company than Google and has way more care for my privacy than Google does. I, I, anyway, that's a huge digression. Google's one of those things that it, 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 it this cracks me up because I'm just like, all right, so <clears throat> 20 years ago, like, wiretapping was like the biggest invasion of privacy like that we could ever think of right and like it still is according to president donald trump obama wiretapped him sure. just this last week um it's oh, only I, been refuted by absolutely every fucking I, I, person and ever. i totally believe him yeah but anyway like it's one of those things where it's like wiretapping was like oh this is so dangerous this could happen right okay so then we have the echo from amazon oh yeah which is essentially a wiretap that you're purchasing for 150 dollars 
an always on microphone that um you know you hope doesn't listen to and you're like hey wiretap could you order my wife flowers yeah and it'll be like sure is that (laughs) how you said you wanted to fuck stacy earlier yeah and you're like no amazon just because yeah okay and then Um, and then it sends your wife flowers it was like sorry fuck stacy stacy like that's (laughs) (laughs) that's that's how it goes yeah so Um, anyway um google does this too like the the thing that google does that drives me nuts is like when i go to google and anything but chrome it's like you should try chrome it's the fastest browser available and it's like yeah but i don't want to and and you have no mechanism for remembering that like i'm signed into google when i go there so just please stop showing me that i don't want to just i click no and it keeps coming back i just leave me alone google just i want to use firefox for whatever reason, I know I'm like this ancient dinosaur creature that uses Firefox in, in 2017. Actually, Firefox is pretty good and shut the fuck up. Um, Does it not update every five with, minutes like it used to? Because that's why I stopped using no, so far, Mozilla. Like, that's it's honestly, not bad. It, although this is one thing that I will give Google Chrome. You know, the reason why you don't mind Google Chrome updating is because it didn't tell me what it's doing it. Yeah, because it just yeah. doesn't ask you and it just fucking does it whenever yeah. it wants to. Yeah, but that's um, that's honestly why I stopped using Firefox is because like every time I would boot my browser, it was be like, oh, Mozilla wants to install this update. And I'm like, fuck you, whatever, um, just do it. No, I've been running it full time for probably a couple weeks and I really haven't had that problem at all. I think in a recent <laughs> couple building, weeks, we've got a good sample size, folks. Yeah, well, I'm just saying like in a couple weeks before in Firefox land, that would have been 17 updates. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, um, and, and either I haven't noticed it or they've fixed or switched the update mechanism so that it's more tran- uh, um, uh, not transparent, but opaque to the user, which in this case is a good thing. Like I don't ever want to have to like, this is another thing that doesn't really bother me about modern computing. Um, like just update uh with google chrome i don't mind that it just updates in the background i kind of want that to happen well and Um, i feel the same about windows like i'm just like just just fucking do it don't don't tell me about it don't like there doesn't have to be a pomp and circumstance about it like just just fucking do it see it's not like with google chrome i feel like the updates are generally uh and and firefox too i feel like the updates are generally like fairly conservative and not things that are going to break any current use of my um uh, browser or you know uh whatever um unlike you know say facebook like facebook is the opposite model which i hate it updates automatically um you know or whenever you update your app facebook changes in ways that just generally suck like yeah that's the thing like i don't want to dread your updates that's the way that uh i think you should be looking at this as a software company is when everybody says like oh i don't want to update facebook because they're going to add some new bullshit that i don't care about or want uh that's a problem when it's like google chrome where it's like oh they're going to update some stuff and i'm probably not going to notice most of it but maybe i get a slightly more useful feature and uh it's still basically the same program i've been using for the last three or four years that's the way i think you should go same thing with firefox like um every now and then you have one major breaking change um for the user that the user can very obviously see and that maybe you click confirm or something like that but outside of that like i I really just want you to be getting better in the background and making you know security models tighter and managing better and shit like that that's kind of the thing for me when it comes to an os is like updates should be handled relatively hassle-free um the only ones i want to know about are like a service pack where it's just like hey there's a shit ton of stuff that we did and now when your windows screen loads it's going to be blue and not green yeah 
people like, get pissed no. off about like say ios because ios really kind of shoves their updates right down your throat um but i think that if they did it more uh like google chrome does which is that the, which is to say they don't give you a choice they just update it probably would go over well although i will if say it's with a security iOS, patch though like that's a good thing you know what i yeah. mean like with iOS, I will say like the thing about updating like that is that when you jump from iOS six to iOS seven, um, and you have this massive redesign that vastly changes the way the operating system works uh, and looks, um, that's probably something you need to confirm. But ever since then, it's just like well, I'll just go fucking update it. Like I don't care. A lot of my servers at work are server two thousand twelve R two, which is essentially like the server equivalent of Windows eight point one. Yeah, and is that the one where you don't get a proper start button yet? Um, you basically have to right click it to do anything. Yeah, so the eight point one is when they when they reintroduced the start menu. Um, but it was still like, so Windows eight didn't have the start menu at all. Like it, yeah, you had to do whatever. Like you need to use charms bar to access it. What or whatnot? Brilliant move, Microsoft. By the way, yeah, fuck you. Um, <laughs> um, eight point one had the had the button at least so you could push it to get to the the weird start menu and whatnot. Um. And I don't know how many of you have ever actually, like, run, like, a server environment, but, like, you don't want it to install updates on its own, like, because you have users that use resources from that server, and if it restarts, then they can't use it during that period of time, and it's a big deal. Yeah, when you're talking about server environments or, like, uh, corporate IT, anytime you ever update something that ever possibly tiny, in a tiny way, breaks something... Fuck you. Secondarily, anytime you ever update something where I have to train users without my pre-planning and knowledge, fuck you. Yeah. That's kind of a bad thing. Like, don't put me in a position where, like, I have to be like, oh, yeah, by the way, Windows Server 2012 R2 just updated. And so now you have to sacrifice a live goat (laughs) and then and then dance around a fire before you can you can access your medical records program. Or, or, you know, click the start button. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, we just updated our service. I know this is going to sound pathetic, but we just updated from 2003 to uh, uh, Windows Server 2003, which basically, for those of you playing the home game, uh, looks a lot like Windows 98. XP. It's not XP. In, it, 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 well, I mean, if you run it XP is. in classic mode, <laughs> that's essentially what it is. That's what it looks like to the user. Yeah, server doesn't have the fancy like balloon graphics around the start button or anything, but yeah, yeah. it's 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 essentially XP. But we updated to 2012, and 2012 is more based on like the Windows 8 sort of paradigm. Not even which, R2. No, there's no fucking start button, for example. Um, and it's that that to me is the bastard child of Windows. I have one server running Windows 2012 that's not R2, and I'm just like, really? Yeah, that's the thing. Like. Uh, it, it's just so much the bastard child of the Windows family, and the, like the start button still isn't there, and the start screen and all that kind of shit. And secondarily, like uh, Windows never really made sense to me as a server OS. It still doesn't. Um, and uh, Windows 2012 even less so. Like it's got this weird sort of tablet interface, and why are we running that on the server? I don't know because Microsoft decided that uh, um, we got to wait. Do wait every, what's a charm bar? Yeah. The charm bar, the charm bar is, is something that doesn't really exist very meaningfully in, in Windows 10, at least on the desktop. And I'm thankful for that because the charm bar in Windows 8 is flat bullshit. So, you want to know a secret about Windows 2012 or yeah, Server 2012? Give it to me. So, if you drag your 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 mouse down to the bottom left hand corner where yeah. the start button would be, it's it's kind of there. Yeah, I figured that out. 
Yeah, if if you wait until it pops up the little like preview screen or whatever, and you right click, like you do on on here, you, yeah. like you can get all these options. Oh, I know the that free again. If you're on Windows 10, um, this might even be an 8.1. Hit Windows key, um, and then X at the same time. You know, like Control C, but Windows X. Uh, that's a fucking cool menu. I yeah. use that all the time. Yeah, I. Right. It, it, you know it's weird like my company like contracts out with a couple different vendors for like outside support and whatnot and like sometimes they'll like screen share with me and and i'll give them mouse control and they'll like have to like type in like whatever they're looking for like like they'll type run cmd and i'm like dude you could just right click on the on the See, icon and it'll, it'll i don't give you necessarily option. want to refute that though because i can do that all from muscle memory you like, you I can, can before you can think about you it you can like, but when it's you see really thinking about it that's that's when it it's really me. that easy though and i have mine such powershell instead of the command prompt but like well that's because windows command prompt sucks you know what i actually really PowerShell, like to be fair but okay, it's not okay, different last but. thing and then we got to move on from this nerdy shit because i already know nobody's listening anymore <laughs> but um it's our show we we decide <laughs> i know <laughs> um have you heard that you can run the Linux subsystem on Windows yet? Yeah. Okay. So you get full bash access, which for me is a godsend because as much as I, you know, as much as people say like, oh, PowerShell's good and it can do lots of things and stuff like that, it's like, well, it's still not bash. Um, and I know bash and I want to use that. And it's generally regarded as better in lots of ways. So you can do that. Um, so I run bash. Uh, what I've discovered actually is this uh, terminal emulator called hyper. And so if you're a windows nerd and, or say a Linux, a Linux nerd rather that uh, wants to run some sort of form of Linda uh, Linux on windows, I recommend you do that through hyper. Um, so I Google hyper terminal and you'll get there and it's really, really cool. And in fact, if you go to my GitHub, um, github.com slash Coriolis, that's uh, Q-E-Q-U-E-R-Y-L-O-U-S. You Folks, can find that's my preference exactly setting. how much of a nerd he is. Yeah. He, he has a GitHub. Well, I mean, if you're going to develop these days, you have a GitHub. But um, My GitHub is the brutal one, just you- in case anybody's <laughs> interested if you check out my GitHub profile, um, on there there's a file there's a, a um, repo called prefs, and that's just like my uh, uh, bash rc preference file and my vimrc preference file, and uh, also my hyper profiles on there. And so you, you can you know install those things and get a pretty neat little uh, setup for Windows and Bash uh, right out of the bat. Box, if you look at my GitHub, there's a couple posts to a couple different forums about running a private WoW server. And that's bad. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. So there we go. We've got no audience left. Let's talk about that's, that's the nerdery Terminator. at its penultimate. Like you don't get more nerdery than that. No. Like we have GitHubs. I mean, if you want, I could talk about like uh, um, algorithms I don't really fully understand. I mean, I'm game, but I don't know. <laughs> now let's let's just move on. So in our uh, uh, potpourri section this week. Um, we've got some Terminator news. Uh, I know you're thinking Terminator. I thought that they already killed <laughs> nice that franchise. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Terminator wait. franchise has reportedly been terminated. And I just want to thank that writer because it, I'm sure it took him days to come up with that, that byline. Did you watch Genesis? I did. It wasn't as terrible as it is made out to be, honestly. No, Terminator 3 was a train wreck. Genesis? Terminator 3 was so fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> like... Who Genesis? was that kid? I don't remember that guy's name. 
Uh, honestly, I don't think he does either because he disappeared shortly after and like was yeah. found doing meth or something like that on the street. Um, Claire was... Danes, unfortunately, had the uh, mispleasure of being in that movie, but displeasure, yeah. maybe? Yeah, displeasure. Um, what's the one with Christian Bale? Honestly, that movie was awesome. It wasn't. No, I won't go that far. That was Salvation. No, it was. Salvation was watchable. Salvation was awesome in terms of the fact that, like, if you are a true Terminator fan, like, Kyle Reese is your favorite character, right? Salvation was that movie. Like, they cast Christian Bale as as John Connor, and everybody's like, oh, shit, he's going to be John Connor. That's going to be awesome. But then when you're watching the movie, you're like, this isn't about John Connor. Yeah. Like this movie so, is entirely about Kyle Reese, and I loved it for that reason alone. Was that that movie was just purely Kyle Reese driven? Yeah, that's positive. But like, I, I seem to remember watching the trailer, and I was like, "Oh, this is the movie I want to see." And then when I got in the movie, I was like, "This is not what the trailer was." Also, that Sam Worthington in that movie as the Terminator that like decides that he can be a person. Yeah. Liked, and and I, I thought like that was that I thought role, that was actually. badass, but uh yeah no I I enjoyed Salvation for for the not for the mainstream reasons but like just for those things like number one it was a Kyle Reese story it was not a John Connor story even though <coughs> I do think um uh, that Christian Bale is 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 probably the penultimate John Connor like if you if 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 the movie had been about John Connor that would have been amazing. Like, I could see a future where they made a good uh, Terminator Salvation movie and John Connor uh, went on to go be played by uh, Christian Bale in the next movie. And it was, like, all about that. And that could have worked. But that's the thing. Like, this movie wasn't great for a lot of reasons. But um, instead we got, you and me, mate, we're done professionally, all right? We're done. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. because that's that's where that came from. If anybody has ever heard that and wondered, yeah, check out Christian Bale's freakout thing on YouTube or whatever. Just look uh, up, type in Christian Bale Terminator rant. Yeah, and you'll get it. It's hilarious, but that comes from Salvation, and uh, you know I don't feel bad because that movie isn't great, and for a lot of reasons, and I kind of feel like Christian Bale is um, I don't know both one of the reasons and one of the uh you know reasons that probably worked a little bit better than it should have like i think casting christian bale for that role was a little bit wrong because it shouldn't have been a big it shouldn't have been a big role in the movie and if the movie christian wasn't like going to be about john far. connor i yeah. think that's a mistake yeah I, and, I, and you're not wrong it, about so that. do i but um and, and the movie wasn't about john connor it wasn't so like casting him in that role like I've heard a lot of, you know, backstory about the movie now. And one of the things I heard is like, once they cast Christian Bale, it had to become a bigger role because they can't have him do like a three minute cameo or something like that. And that's just not the right call. I think if it's not going to be about John Connor, then that's probably the way to go. You need either a no name actor or you need a tiny little cameo from somebody, you know. Um, But yeah, I just felt like, I was watching that trailer and I was like, oh, this movie is going to be amazing. This is so good. This is exactly what I want to see. And then when I went and actually watched the movie, I was like, oh, that's not what it is at all. Well, see, I had the opposite reaction because I was like, all right, whatever. And then I went and saw it and I was like, this movie was what I wanted to see. They just sold it to me under false pretenses. False, yeah, false pretenses. Like that, that was my thing. Is I was just like, okay. But John Connor really 
doesn't matter in this movie. No. And and that's kind of one of the things like you you know of John Connor from the first Terminator movie cuz he's mentioned. Yeah. And then you meet him in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, which is honestly like one of the greatest sci-fi movies <laughs> ever made. That's maybe like, the other problem. How does Eddie Furlong grow up to be um, fucking Christian Bale? Well, yeah, because Eddie Furlong is just like, whatever. Like, I don't know. Um, but if we learned anything from Terminator 2, is that Guns N' Roses is one of the greatest bands ever. <laughs> um. And then Terminator 3 happened, and it was that dude that went on to do a bunch of drugs and be homeless. I, I and I'm sorry, that. dude who did drugs and is homeless, if 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 you're still homeless. But um, <laughs> Salvation was just kind of that. It was like, oh, we cast this guy, and he's going to be John Connor. And I'm like, oh, that's promising. And then I went and watched it, and I was like, oh, well, that wasn't about John Connor. <laughs> um. And then Genesis is like, oh, this is a comedy. I get it. Yeah, Nick Stahl. And I'm sorry for Nick Stahl because honestly, he wasn't terrible in that movie. It's just the movie in general was terrible. Yeah, it's entirely fair to say that. Like, the movie sucked. Yeah. Um, But like I said, Genesis was one of those movies that was like, I watched it. And like, the most that I got out of it was me and my wife watched it together and we're just like, that was hilarious. And I don't think that's... I don't think that's... You're that's not probably, supposed to take that away from a Terminator movie, I don't think. No, I don't think so either. So, so anyway, th- this particular incarnation of the franchise uh, pretty much done, according to this link at least. Um, don't get me wrong. Uh, I think one of the things I read about this is that uh, if they don't make a Terminator movie fairly soon, the re- rights revert to James Cameron. And all I got to say is, fuck yes, please make I that happen. I honestly think they already have. Yeah, I, I think that might be the case already. Well, please, please let that be the case. Um, did you ever watch the uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles? No, I, I didn't. You should. I've heard that it's it it's a fun show. It's probably the more likely. It's kind of like Highlander. Yeah, like you watch the show and you're like, oh, this is what this was meant to be. Gotcha. And then they make another movie. And it's like exactly like that with Highlander because I was like, okay, the first Highlander was good. I don't really buy Sean Connery as a Spaniard, but it is what it is. <laughs> hey, Sean Connery and Highlander is is just beautiful the whole time. And then they made Highlander 2, and I'm like, well, this is not what this franchise was meant to be at all. But then they do the Highlander TV series with Adrian Paul, and I'm like, you know what? I buy this. Like, this is this is exactly what... I'll be honest. I think I could go watch that movie. I would try to watch that, but I would be like, oh, this looks all 90s and gross, and I'd probably give up. I watched Highlander, the series, probably within the last two years, three years, and honestly, the stories hold up. Like, it's it's a good series. Yeah, don't give me... That, that part's fine. I just, like... It's like with Buffy. Like, I think I could get to a point where I'd like it, but I just can't get past the hump. And Dude, you can. At this point, too. You the can other and is, you should, because so honestly, Buffy is, Buffy is wonderful. Buffy is wonderful. All right, let's move on. Russo no, brothers. No, I'm going to beat Buffy into your head. <laughs> no, go ahead. Would you like stake me over? Okay, whatever. Um, Russo brothers. Um, the Russo brothers we know because they've directed such tiny little films as Captain America: The Winter Soldier or Captain America: Civil War. Wait, did those movies do anything at the box office at all? 
No, they're tiny. They crash. Like in, indie films, right? Yeah, indie films. Yeah. Uh, Sundance. Like they, Miramax they will be picking them up anytime. Does yeah. Miramax exist? <laughs> no. Are we making Kevin Smith jokes now? Um, I mean, I don't even know. If, is that still a thing? Like that's Miramax? I, I don't know. Maybe. Harvey Weinstein? Is your company still? No, it's the Weinstein Brothers. That's what it is. It's the Weinstein Company. Yeah, you're probably right. I am. I am right. But anyway. Anyway, they're teaming up with the directors of the Russo brothers, not the YC company. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it could be the other way. But um, they're teaming up with the directors of Swiss Army Man, um, which was a uh, really weird film that I didn't watch yet that I really want to see uh, with uh, what's his name? Fucking Harry Potter. Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe. Um, I really want to see this, but they're teaming up with the the directors of uh, Swiss Army Man for a sci fi project. Which sounds really cool because number one, Russo Brothers equals gold, and number two, um, Swiss Army Man. Ha- I've heard is really pretty well regarded, and uh, I don't know. You throw that in sci-fi into the mix, and I'm on board. Did you know that Daniel Radcliffe was a full-blown drunk for the last three Harry Potter movies? I just recently learned that. Actually, yes. Yeah, like showed up drunk to work, kind of a thing. <laughs> I mean, he was all of 16 or 17, so, you know, what else are you going to do? I think he was older. No, he was, he was like, 1920, I think, when those happened. Because, really? Yeah, because there were some gaps. Like, when they did the first movie, he was 11. But you can't, oh, that's you point, can't yeah. legitimately, like, make a movie per they year. They did eight movies or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. there, there's no way he was less than 20 by the end of that. And, and the kid um, who played Malfoy, who is now in The Flash and wonderful in The Flash. Yeah. Um. Tom Felton, he was older than the rest of them when he started. So, anyway, so is Tom Felton like fifty-seven or something like that? No, no. he just looks it. <laughs> okay, can we talk about the Flash a little bit? I mean, it's your show. We didn't. <laughs> Come on, you're not Ralph Garman. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't put it in the notes at all, though. And and I think, given that the title of the show is "You're My Super Friend." I think we should probably at least mention the musical episode of of the Flash. Oh, we really need to, and actually Arrow too. I want to browbeat you about that a little bit. So uh, no, seriously, I, I'm only three episodes behind now, and I tried to watch one last night, but I was super sleepy, so okay, I went to so sleep. But just really quick, we'll get that out of the way. Arrow is uh, super good right now. Like, I, I hear that. It's yeah. not. I, I I will say we haven't quite returned to season two glory, um, but we're not far behind. Uh, so. It, it gives me hope that my Mark Guggenheim written comic books that I just recently subscribed to are going to be worth a shit. Yeah, I think that there's a possibility that they are. I don't know what the hell happened in season three point five slash four, but it's 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 really turned a major corner. I, here's the thing: I have a hard time wondering, like, or believing that it was that bad as well, especially season four, because honestly, Damian Dark is in Legends of Tomorrow, and that's super good right now i think it just fits the property better too it does it probably does like um, are you caught up on it yet no i'm still a couple episodes behind so okay here's the deal i will do my very best to catch up on legion by the next time we record if you will catch up on legends i'll try and iron fist (laughs) that's rough that's like six hours of tv um yeah i'll see what i can do you watch six hours of tv tomorrow like, well, come tomorrow on. we're supposed to be going to the thing or something. You're I don't not know. going anywhere tomorrow. Come I don't on. Know. We'll see. Um, there's a good chance I'll still be asleep <laughs> on your couch tomorrow. Um, um, all right. So what were we talking about? Uh, Flash. 
Flash. Uh, musical episode of The Flash. This is actually super, super fun. So um, we've talked about this it, on the it, show before. It started the tail end of Supergirl. Yeah. And uh, I'm not that drunk. Am I slurring right now? W- we both are. Okay. <laughs> uh, the the Flash uh, is actually, I think this got a lot of hate as an episode because a lot of people really, really hate musicals. And don't get me wrong. I'm normally one of those people. Like everybody's like, oh, you got to watch that musical. It's so good. Dude. And one of the podcasts I really like, Do By Friday, um, talks about their, you know, watching uh, Les Mis and talking about Hamilton. And I'm just like, oh, fucking musicals. I'm not going to do it. Like, you can't make me and I'm not going to. But um, I really, really enjoyed this episode of The Flash. Even though, again, this is getting a lot of hate from uh, Flash fans. Uh, for, I don't you know, see why, because musical. it was really well done. And and honestly, it was, and it the was so only fun. piece of it that was a little bit fabricated was like, we had uh, Malcolm Merlin, who oh, is yeah. not on the show regularly. Um, Victor Garber like, hey, was there. Could sing. Let's get him. Yeah, Victor. Yeah, Victor Garber was there. It yep. was not on the show regularly. That's uh, Martin Stein for um, you know the you not. legends fans. Yeah. Uh, so there were some people there that were just like, "Oh, you can sing. Be in this." Yeah. Um. It was super good though, and here's the thing: like, when I first heard it was happening, like I was really, really because I'm I'm a super huge Buffy fan, right? Yeah. I was really like, oh, once more of a feeling like that's that's the musical episode of Buffy. And like, honestly, Eddie hasn't gotten there yet. But I Mm -mm. if you never watch the rest of the series, like watch that episode because it's so fucking good. Like, it's amazing. We didn't get that, but we did get two cats from Glee. That really, really could perform, and that's Melissa Benoist and Grant Gustin. And Grant Gustin not only sings but tap dances as well. <laughs> that that was impressive. So uh, there's that. You get to see Jesse Martin and Victor Garber in a homosexual relationship, <laughs> which you good. might not have seen coming. And it's not like they're doing it. It's just like Iris shows up and is like calls them dads. Yeah, which is amazing. It's also funny, like, that That was one of the few things that took me out of the episode a little bit. Ironically, when they're having a gigantic musical episode, what took me out of it a little bit was when she calls them dads in the 1940s or 50s. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was funny. Like, um, weren't we still stoning the gays to death at that and, point? And I had to laugh because Victor Garber is, like, legit gay. And so I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, he actually gets to, like, be, be kind of yeah. him, you know, a little bit. And he sings. And then... um the most recent episode of Legends, which Eddie Eddie isn't caught up on yet, but like he he sings in that as well. Uh, I didn't know Garber was gay. That's cool. He he breaks out into uh, a, a Deo. <laughs> so one of the things that I'm a little annoyed by is that these are all actors who are pretty good. Um, you know, not all of them are amazing actors that are going to win Oscars anytime soon. Uh, but they're all pretty good. Well, they're and on then, TV, so they don't win Oscars anyway. That would be an Emmys, you know, whatever. An Emmy, I'm, I'm just saying, like, um, they're good actors, but it's not like, oh man, I was so moved by that, I had to go out and you know try my hand at acting. Um, that's but anyway, they're really good. They get to do a super fun job that that I'm really envious of. And then it's like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, we're gonna peel a layer of this onion, bitches. I can sing too. And then I'm like, oh no, there's too much talent in this room, and fuck off. You're like, you're making me upset. It so I loved the Super Friends song because it was so tongue in cheek, 
Like it, it was, was, it was so goddamn amazing. Like it was f- so fun. Um, I think a lot of people probably hated this, and I loved it because exactly what you said. It's so tongue tongue in cheek. It's r- almost fourth wall break level of tongue in cheek. You but have it was to have so that. Good. I think like there there has to be a sense of like this is fake. Yeah, but we what have we're fun doing, doing, is doing a it. A little silly. Yeah. yeah. And and I think we got exactly that out of this episode. Like the only complaint I have about the episode at all is that the villain in, in the end of it like was just like, No, I'm not really a bad guy. I just wanted to show you guys that you really love each other. Yeah. Um That was the only piece of it that I was like, All right, that was kinda ham fisted. But I'm kinda I'm curious okay with about it. how they do this in Supergirl, especially like the next episode. And I'm also a little annoyed with the flash because it like this whole Barry um Iris thing is it's getting they set up that whole breakup just for this episode and that was that was the piece i was like oh okay i get it but like it's it's getting a little too cw yeah yeah um here's here's the thing man like i've read uh interviews and seen some uh, uh some other things with uh basically all the exact producers and stuff like that and they're like They've already committed to doing another like multi-show crossover next year with all the shows, Good but they've job. but they've actually committed to doing a true crossover so where it's like it's not just like the last two seconds of Supergirl that matters. Like you you watch Supergirl as part of the crossover. Thank you. Yeah. So I I appreciate that, and I would have appreciated this episode a little bit more had it also taken place a little bit more in the Supergirl reality because it's not like. The C-Dub knew they were getting the show. It's not like these are, like, shows that were already written before they took over or anything like that. Like, I, I do wish they, they would have blended you know the I mean? universes together a little bit more than they have. Like, if you go back and listen to some old episodes of whatever, when we were talking about this, like, potential, we both figured that they would blend these universes more than they have. So it's a little upsetting that Supergirl is still kind of off in its own corner a little bit. Um, and they, you know, sort of like Ryder McGuffin her into new episodes. She shouldn't be, because God damn it, she's such a good Supergirl. Like Melissa Benoist is so amazing at that role, like as as both Supergirl and as Kara. Like, yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous. I don't um, know. I just love her because she's adorable. She's a she is, and like there's the her, whole the, um, her Supergirl is adorable, which is I don't know. That's it's kind of interesting because Supergirl kind of has just a teeny little bit of edge on her uh, in the comics, which I I kind of hope we see start seeing soon with her Supergirl. Yeah, um, the Alex Danvers relationship with the uh, the the chick cop I, whose name I can't remember right off the bat. Like yeah, same. That's done extremely well. Yeah, you know, and 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 to its credit, we don't necessarily remember her name because it just seems normal to us. Like it's one of those things that's just like, okay, this happens. Um, <coughs> honestly, Supergirl turned into one of those shows that were like, whereas last year we're like, this is super ham-fisted and like stop doing this to us kind of a thing. At this point, now we're like okay, make her part of the continuity because she's really the second best part of this entire universe. Yeah. All right. Last up, we're going to close out the show with a classic match. Um, we talked about this. Uh, we've talked about lots of classic matches at this point. We are in the year 2000. In the year 2000. 2000. 
I can't do it. It's too hard. I can't get my voice to go that high. But anyway, if I'm sorry for what just if, happened. If, on that if you there. ever watched Conan, you appreciated what just happened. Or you were upset because I didn't do it well enough. Yeah. In any case, um, we're in the year 2000. We are at Royal Rumble, and we are going to watch uh, Triple H versus Not, Cactic Jack. Yeah, you, Jack. You, you wrote Dude Love in the notes, but it's Cactus yeah. Jack. As soon as I was reading that, I was like, oh, I don't know why I did that. Um, and that's probably because uh, Mick Foley plays multiple characters throughout the course of his WWE career. And it's a little bit hard to keep him straight for pretty much everybody, obviously, including myself. This was this was a month before his his uh, first retirement. Yeah. Um, we picked Triple H match because of a couple of reasons. Number one, he's getting ready to come out of of hiatus so to speak and and uh triple h is gonna have a match against seth rollins at wrestlemania next week uh which we will cover uh and i've been watching some classic content lately and i i actually i posted something on our our group we we do a facebook messenger chat with me and eddie and, and ryan bailey who joins us uh quite frequently and i said look here's the deal i'm gonna say it Triple H probably is going to surpass Ric Flair as the ultimate heel. Um, and, and and I feel justified in saying that because, honestly, I've been watching this stuff uh, for a long time. I've seen Flair's classic stuff. I've seen Claire, uh, Flair's more recent stuff. Um, Triple H just embodies what it is to be a heel, and it's not like he... It's not like he's doing it to get over. Like Triple H really embraces that heel role. Like, is perfectly willing to get in there and get his hands dirty and do what he needs to do to get over as a heel. Um, but as we'll talk about later in this match tonight too, he's also perfectly willing to get in there and just let himself get the shit beat out of him to be that, that heel. Yeah. Okay. So I will say, um, triple H has been heel basically a, about as long as i've been watching him like don't get me wrong he gets over with the fans and he's gotten over with fans for a fucking long time um and even when i was watching him in 2000 when he was definitely running heel um he was getting over the fans big time because he's just so good he's so good as a heel um and he's so good as a worker. Like, when you watch him work, he just does such a great job. Like, that's one of the th- things I noticed in this match is he does such a great job selling. Every move he does is incredibly, like, on point. Like, he doesn't, like, there's no missteps with Triple H. Um, no wasted motion. Yeah. The other thing is, like, he's just got the physique. Like, uh, um,. He's you know whatever six foot four, especially at this point in his career, he's just absolutely chiseled. Um, he just looks like the absolute epitome of what a, you'd want a wrestler, like to a be. modern day Adonis kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Like um, that's that's kind of my thing too. Is like he's just that that guy. I can think of three periods of his career where he's been a, a face, um, and that was he went out with an injury in two thousand and one i think um where he ripped his quad like straight off the bone ouch yeah um that was a match it was him and steve austin steve austin was a heel uh versus chris benoit and i can't remember the fourth in that match maybe it was jericho even i don't remember um but yeah he ripped his quad finished the match uh and then 
basically was on the shelf didn't come back till 2002 when he came back he came back to an overwhelming ovation wow right so like he went out a heel but the audience recognized that that there was so much talent there that like when he came back it was it was a big deal he's one of those isn't is, is aj running heel right now yeah yeah so that's another thing like I don't, I don't really care like anytime AJ is on the screen, like I'm just happy to happy to be a part of AJ that. Styles. For those of you following along at home, yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, so he ran he ran face for a while after he came back, and then he also ran face any time basically that Shawn Michaels came back, um, and joined him, and they formed DX again. Like any time that DX was a thing again, like post 2002, uh, Triple H was was obviously a face in that in that fa- um, factor because he was such a DX is one of those iconic things that the fans don't want to let go of. So anytime it it gets any kind of reiteration on screen or whatever, like it's it's automatically a good thing. Yeah, which I'd be a total mark for that too. Like if if Triple H came out at WrestleMania in the DX, you know, faction, I'd be right on board for him kicking yeah. the shit out of Seth Rollins. Like no offense, no offense, Rollins, but I, I totally would. Yeah. No. Um. But. We decided to watch Triple Match, uh, Triple H match tonight because of some of my comments that I made about him being such a great heel. Um, this is from January of 2000, and I'm actually currently like kind of watching through all of what transpired um, via the WWE Network, where I'm I'm watching Raws, Smackdowns, and pay per views, you know, as they as they happen. Um, I'm just prior to Survivor Series 2000, so um, he's kind of at the height of his his heel run and this is this is uh 10 months prior to that so uh it was a, a this match was brutal like it, it it's one of those it's another McFoley match where like you you can see him taking bumps and and realize why he walks the way he does today yeah i actually feel bad because um especially after helen sell uh, which we had already covered. Um, I can't remember what episode of the whatever show we did that on, but we covered it. Um, Hell in a Cell, Undertaker versus Mankind. Um, King of the Ring 98. One of the more brutal matches in WWE slash F history. Uh, and so when you see Mick Foley from this point forward, everybody kind of wants to relive and make that be exactly as big of a thing. And so this is a match where they get pretty damn close. Yeah. Thumbtacks, thumbtacks, steel steps, uh, handcuffs, two by fours covered in barbed wire. A couple of them, yeah. And that's that's actually kind of one of the more funny parts of the of the thing because like, um, Triple H ends up with the the two by four wrapped in in barbed wire and it gets used against McFoley. Earl Hebner grabs it. You can see him give it to the Spanish announce table. And and then the next time like you see it, it's it's perfectly wrapped again. Like when when it when it went out of the ring, like it started to come un, unwound from the two by four and it looked all wobbly and wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, you know, whatever. I I I, I kind of expect that like whoever picked it up at the Spanish announce table was just like, oh, that's messed up. I'll just rewrap it real fast. You know, Obviously, that's not what happened. Like it was a completely different two by four and whatnot. But um, we saw lots of that. Triple H got a lot of color. Like he just bled. Oh God! Through There's probably two thirds of the match, match where um um. So we talked about this on the show before, but um, there's this thing called gigging, and what that means essentially is that the wrestler will cut themselves 
in most cases, although there is the hard way, but anyway, we'll, uh, they'll gig, they'll cut themselves and we, they bleed. Um, in this point, there's this, or in this match, there's this one point where you can see blood just essentially gush out of Hunter's head. Like it's pretty gruesome. Um, and We've seen matches like this before. WrestleMania 13 with Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart. Like you, you also could see it like pulsate out of his head and whatnot, yeah. but like, he bled like yeah. Triple H bled a lot for this match. I mean, like his blood was covering most of the arena by the end of this match. And and as much as Triple H bled, like Mick Foley took some serious shots too. Like one of the things you watch or you notice watching Mick Foley is a lot of guys when they take a chair shot will put their hands up. Yeah, Mick Foley does not, and he doesn't take any chair shots. I don't think in this match, but like there's other moments in he this does. match. He takes one chair shot because that's okay. like a spot where um, he takes a chair shot, and I don't know if this is intentional or not, but the chair breaks, like the uh, back support sort of breaks. Yeah, and uh, he, J- Jim Ross, Jr. We talked about this at the beginning of the show. Calls that, and it really accentuates and pops at that point. Um, so yeah, Mick definitely takes a chair shot, and one of the things you'll notice is. His hands do not go up. He just takes that full fucking full fucking force. Yeah, no, he does. And there's other shots too that he takes. Uh, Triple H throws him into the steel steps a couple times, and it's just like, yeah, he does this. He just <coughs> goes hip toss thing. Yeah, and, and lands like knee first over the steps, and then he gets thrown into him again, legs first again. Yeah, and it just it's not like a you can watch it like the first time he goes into the steps you think oh it's his foot kicking the steps and it's not it's kind of like the back of his knee and the second time it's just like nope he just you know shins right into the stairs the stairs there yeah and you can see how nick nick mick fully walks these days like you watch him walk and you're like that looks like it hurts um probably because it does yeah so mick mick has taken a lot of abuse over the years of his career um the reason why besides my nostalgia factor that we were watching the the triple h match though is that triple h also has a match coming up next week at wrestlemania against seth rollins and one of the things that i noticed is that he was a great heel in 2000 and i don't think that's diminished at all over the years like 2017 he's still a really effective heel He's maybe even a little bit worse because the thing that's been a factor in the WWE for a long time, like going back to Vince, um, like Vince in, you know, 1997 uh, with the beginning of the corporation is like the heel. And, that you know, it, it's mainly focused on Steve Austin where you have the big bad uh, businessman against this, you know, poor, you know, corporate underdog sort of thing. And um, Vince... Uh, uh, <clears throat> That goes on for quite a while, but it's kind of continued with Triple H and Stephanie McMahon. Now, uh, um, Triple H and Stephanie are the face of the corporation, and they're the big bad heels. And you know, even leading up to the events of Raw last week uh, and the week before, where um, Steph is going against McFoley, and you got Triple H and McFoley again having sort of a quasi rivalry. Um, it, it was kind of funny because we that you picked this match. Because um, there's so many tie-ins to modern day and sort of how things are running right now. So, I don't know. This match was pretty cool because we get to see a lot of things. Number one, 
big bumps. Mick Foley takes some big fucking bumps uh, uh, during this match. We do the thumbtack thing again. Um, you were talking to me about this before the uh, we were t- recording, and you mentioned that uh, Vince didn't want them to do the spot where uh, uh, he takes the pedigree onto the tacks. Um, and so the pedigree, if you're not familiar, is basically like um, face first, it's a face belly buster. first. Yeah, it's belly first on the mat. Um, And so uh, Mick takes the the, uh, pedigree, you know, once. And that's supposed to be Triple H's finisher. And so you think he's out, but he kicks out. And then he takes it again right onto this bed of thumbtacks. He's already previously taken this um, hip toss. Back body drop. Yeah, back body. That's right. Back body drop. So, you know, back first into a pile of thumbtacks. Um, and now we've got this um, sort of, you know, pedigree finish onto the thing. Yeah. This is another one where, like, you know, it, it, we see the um, in uh, the 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 Undertaker Hell in a Cell match, you see, you know, Mick Foley not, with the the tooth on his face. Not, this not match to we expose end, the business too much, but like guys call it in the ring. Yeah, and in a lot of cases, like there's 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 specific spots that they want to do um that they talk about beforehand but the a lot of the 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 simpler stuff in the ring is is being called as they as they go and they'd been given pretty explicit instructions not to do the pedigree on the tax but like they they talked about it in the ring and and triple h was kind of like well what's the worst that's going to happen and mick foley was like well you know worst case scenario i lose an eye yeah and given that information, like they both knew it was going to happen, they were like, "All right, let's do it," yeah. you know, kind of a thing. So, so it's pretty crazy too because when the match finishes uh, um, or after the pedigree, you can see Mick with like thumbtacks sticking out of his fucking forehead, like not very far from pretty his close eye. to his eyelid. Yeah, yeah. So like that, he loses an eye is not a crazy feeling. Like he he could have lost a fucking eye. Um, I don't know. This this match is kind of crazy because, like, especially coming off of Hell in a Cell, which was not too long ago, there's a lot of big spots in this match and a lot of things that are reminiscent of that match. And you just kind of think, like, Hell in a Cell uh, uh, 98. Was it 98? Survivor Series 98? Hell in a Cell was uh, King of the Ring 98. King of the Ring 98, sorry. Um, that's one of those matches that, that uh, when we talked about, it, we were just like, well, they can't do that again. This match actually is a little bit like, oh, they, they wanted to do that again a little bit. Um, and so, I, you know, like you said, I, I fully believe that they were like, uh, Vince was like, no, don't do that spot. But um, they definitely did. And uh, both Mick and Triple H are the guy, type of guys that I, I feel like would do that spot. I believe just a month later at no way out they did a hell in a cell match between mick and triple h that was equally as disturbing all right so that's i think that'll have to be our next classic match then uh it could be yeah it very well could be like we picked triple h again because of you know some of the things that he's doing currently as well as some of the things that i've been watching recently um Triple H has had a lot of good matches over his career. Like there's there's so many things that he's done. Um uh, Foley has done just absolutely everything there is to do in a wrestling ring. Yeah. Um he's done death matches in Japan where he's had his arm blown up with C4. Um he lost his ear in Germany when he got caught in the ropes and they got twisted up against I think he was in a match with Vader at that point in time. Wow. Um so he has no ear on one side of his head. 
his teeth came out in Hell in a Cell. He lost two of them. He actually was talking recently on a podcast with Chris Jericho that he's got two more that have to come out because they're essentially dead and they're just rotting. Ouch. Uh, from that same match in 1998. Like, that's just... Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's done some damage to his body over the years. Um, guys, wrestling is a predetermined sport. Like, we get it. Like, it's it's a work. See, that's the thing. But like, you see more guys, I think, go out on injury from a, a sport that's supposedly a work see, than, we've talked than about you this, see a like, lot of other guys. The, the, I don't know. There's so much about wrestling that I enjoy. Like... Yeah, we know we know that uh, going to the ring, they generally know the outcome of the match and stuff like that. Um, but that doesn't diminish the athleticism in the ring. Like they still yeah. do shit that's crazy hard to do. Um, when you see Mick just run full force into the steps with his fucking legs, like that hurts. Like that that's not like a little yeah. thing, you know. Um, there, there's there's not a way this side of hell that doesn't hurt. Like. Just, you know, like if you're me, if you're, you know, uh, you know, passing 30 or whatever and your kid wants you to do a somersault, you're probably like, oh, I don't know, dad, that that might hurt dad's back. And and these guys do shit that's way worse than that, like every single night. So, yeah, um, yeah wrestling predetermined, uh, still um, pretty badass. Eddie and I talked about this, too. And like there was a time that I really wanted to do this for a living. Like yeah. this is this is what I wanted to do. Like I lived and breathed this particular uh, form of entertainment, and, and knowing that it was entertainment, and whatnot. Like this is what I wanted to do. And now at the age of thirty eight, I'm like, fuck! I'm glad I didn't do that. Like that's <laughs> yeah. There's I'd no be dead way. By now. Yeah, there's no way. Like I'd be in a lot more pain. Like right now, I'm a little bit overweight. That's the <laughs> most of my worries right now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Um, I don't. I don't hobble around like McFoley does. Like I don't limp because I I've abused my body to the point where I can't walk without limping. Yeah. Um and and that just I think goes to show that like I I appreciate what these guys do more now than I than I ever did just because you got to love what you do for a living if you're willing to put yourself through that. Yeah, I hope so. All right, guys, that's the show for this week. If you want to tell us what we did wrong or right this week, you can go to uh, Twitter. We are at whatever show. We are facebook.com slash whatever show. Questions.co if you'd prefer to use the email method. And as always, if you would like to leave your questions, comment, feedback, etc., um, or, you know, I should say, if you want to help the show, um, Please go on iTunes and rate us. Uh, give us the five stars and tell us uh, uh, about what you like on the show. Um, you can, you know, give us the negative stuff too. Uh, we we will be happy to read that on the show because it's probably funny. Um, but anyway, tell us tell us, uh, you know, on iTunes especially what we did or write that you liked, and we'll continue to do the show as best we can. Um, yeah. Next week, I think we're gonna bring a couple shows out next week. We we I think that sounds like the plan. Yeah, um, it's WrestleMania weekend. It is. We still are going to have a regular show to do, though. We know that some we of are. you don't necessarily listen to the wrestling piece of it. Um, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to do a show that's going to be completely normal, whatever show, uh, you know, business, business. Yeah. Um, and then Sunday night we will cover not only WrestleMania but the Hall of Fame induction the night before. Um. And WrestleMania is, let's face it, like when it comes to 
uh, pro wrestling. It is the Super Bowl, the World Series, the you know Stanley Cup, whatever you want to call it, of of the professional wrestling world. So um, yeah. there'll be plenty to talk about for that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we have a super boring week and nothing happens, and we just have a WrestleMania show next week. But if not, yeah, you can expect we're probably going to do two shows next week, and it should be a lot of fun. So. Um, probably probably expect to see ryan bailey here for at least one of those if not both of them (laughs) i would expect so too um all right guys that's the show for this week we will see you later later